0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 This is Joey Osborne. And Blanco Loco. And we are live on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Try saying that four times when you've had one too many drinks. On today's show, we'll be reviewing the CEO Cross New Japan Show from Daytona, giving our predictions for G1 Special in San Francisco, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show and the network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Also, make sure you check out our friends at purezuroad.com. They have a great piece up on the front page right now talking about Ayo Shirai's retirement from stardom. So check that out and check out purezuroad.com. Our podcast is featured on their podcast section. So give those guys a view, read their articles, check us out on there. All right, Josh, we're going to kick things off this week by... Talking about the CEO Cross New Japan show in Daytona, Florida. We made the three and a half. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. you alright? Yeah. I don't know what's going on in my throat today.
1: You're choked up because Ayoshirai is <laughs> going to WWE.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we made the three and a half hour drive to uh, over from here from Tampa to Daytona to check out this uh, CEO Cross New Japan show. So we're going to. Talk about this, review it, kind of give our thoughts about all the elements of the show. So let's start off, Josh. What was your overall thoughts about the show? Yeah, so, I mean, um,
1: the trip was real good. Uh, You know, just, we, I got off work early, we met here with uh, Rich and James, you know, put on some crank, headed out to, (laughs) 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 you know, you know, turned up, turned up the radio uh, you know, DJ Rich was working the Ox court. Uh, yeah. Turn on that crank. Felt like WrestleMania weekend all over yeah, again.
0: Yeah, dude, that's, that's what I love, dude. It felt like WrestleMania weekend all over again. You had, you know, the, the four of us back together again on a road trip. Like you mentioned, listening to Crank, we also had through some uh, Joe Lanza in there and some other uh, podcasts.
1: It's funny that, like, I found Joe Lanza, but you guys love him so much more than I
0: do. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm, like, so close to, like, join the Patreon so I can hear like his TV reviews bro you're a mark
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am Uh, like I like Joe a lot and I I thought it was really 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 cool getting to meet him in uh, New Orleans in New Orleans but man you guys
0: you you guys really like him (laughs) dude he cracks me up man I, I love him
1: yeah so anyway, so we we ended up um, getting out there to Daytona. You know, we found some freaking twenty dollar parking, which was ridiculous. We got worked. Yeah, we, we yeah. did the job. We put we put the parking crew over, you know? Yeah, G- uh, gave them a little taste. <laughs> <laughs> so we get there, and I think we got there literally...
0: Uh, what time was the show supposed to start? The 8.30? Show, yeah, so the doors were supposed to open at 7. The show was supposed to start at 8.30. Uh, we stopped and got through and I was looking at tw- on Twitter, and I saw like all these people that were like, the doors are not even open yet. This was like after 7 o'clock. They're like, yeah. doors are not open. We've been waiting. I'm like, oh... That's good for us like we can just sit here and chill like eat our Wendy's far you know the Jim Cornette uh, hamburger there
1: we ended up we ended up getting there once we got there uh, you know we found a, we had a little bit of a tough time finding the actual entrance to the show but once we found the entrance it was smooth sailing we were in there and um, the only thing I thought was weird was when we were walking in instead of them like scanning us in they just looked at our ticket, ripped it, and handed it back to us, and I was like... Yeah,
0: well, well, you weren't, like, waiting in line to get a drink, and, like, we went up there, and, like, like the one lady was, like, showing the one other lady, like, how you're supposed to, like, rip the ticket, and I was like, What what is going on? Like... Yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, aren't you supposed to be, like, scanning the ticket? And then they, like, ripped the ticket and, like, ripped our row and seat number, so I'm like... So we ended up, like, basically getting there later,
1: so we didn't have to deal with what other people had to deal with, but for, according to the reports, the, the line... You know, at seven o'clock was just gi- out the door, out the door, gigantic, yeah. and mm. you know the reason they weren't letting people in apparently was because the scanning system mm. that they were using wasn't working. Apparently, right? So that was basically the issue
0: at that point. Um, we didn't really deal with that at all. Like by the time we got there, everyone was already, already in, the in the building. Yeah. And I guess, too, there was, like, a meet-and-greet. There was supposed to be a meet-and-greet. I guess it still happened. I think it was, like, um, G.O.D. and Rocky and a couple other guys. Yeah,
1: I mean, that really, when we got there, all... The, the only, like, there was... The only guys that were greeting fans were... Uh, it was Jeff Cobb, Dragon Lee, G.O.D., and um, Chase. Chase yeah. Owens. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I didn't really understand. Like, it was kind of all over the place. I didn't... I didn't talk to any of those guys or anything like that, but... I couldn't tell if like if it was a line scenario because everyone just seemed to be all over the place. Yeah, I
0: didn't know. I didn't even know they were like officially doing a meet and greet. Like I hadn't seen anything about it all day, and then like it kind of like popped out of nowhere. I didn't know if you had to like pay the guys to like talk to them or take pictures or something like right. that. Right, like a, yeah, like a WrestleMania weekend gimmick thing where like you have to like pay twenty bucks for a picture autograph. So I wasn't really sure
1: what was going on there. The one thing I will say, another thing too, was once we got in, we actually, as soon as we got there, we ran into our boys from, uh,
0: the Orlando boys, the Orlando crew. Yeah. Yeah. They, They run another group on, uh, yeah. They run the, we are the people, the IWC group.
1: Yeah. Those guys are cool. Yeah. Um, who, who is that? It's like Miguel Kaplan and yeah. Um, what's the other dude's name? Like their main guy, I forget.
0: Uh, I'm blanking right now.
1: Anyways, <laughs> they're cool. We ran into them, met up with them for a bit. And then, um, you know, there was a there was a merch table, but, like, the merch was not... I was expecting, like, they're bringing over the merch from, like, Japan. And
0: there, were, there really wasn't very much. There was nothing that you couldn't just get on prowrestlingtees.com. <laughs> right. And, of course, you know, me being the uh, t-shirt mark that I am, I did get a golden elite t-shirt. Yeah, I saved my money for uh, concessions. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, Rich got a uh, LIJ shirt.
1: Yeah, but I was just, you know, w- with how many people came out to the show, you were kind of thinking, like, this would be a prime opportunity to
0: capitalize on... Oh, J- Jason Barksdale is the other dude. Saying. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. Jason's cool. Yeah.
1: Um, it seems like this would have been a prime opportunity for them to capitalize on on this particular group of fans because they buy merch yeah people were complaining because a people couldn't find the merch table
0: yeah like the Orlando guys were like or no wasn't it wasn't no no it was no nova yeah nova was like i was looking for merch and i was like yeah the it's, thing is it was right there when yeah. you walk through the door is
1: literally to the right, right but it was yeah. very small you literally if you weren't looking for it you'd miss it you would miss it yeah and there it wasn't that impressive honestly like it was a bunch of shirts that were just like eh, you know it was whatever but uh, it wasn't anything where i was like man i've been looking for this or you know they didn't have lines marked like shirts which if they had something like that i probably would have bought you know yeah so that was a little bit disappointing and then but the actual setup when you walked into the uh, into the arena cause it's like a what 8000 8500 setup yeah. arena yeah awesome
0: yeah Like, really, really, really cool. And one thing real quick, too, before we actually went in, we ran into Mr. ACP. Yeah, that was cool. Who drove in from uh, North Carolina, was it right?
1: Yeah. Actually, I talked to a lot of people that drove in from, like, the Carolinas and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean...
0: We ran Mr. ACP, one of our, like, listeners, yeah, it's, you know. I mean, it's so crazy, like, you know, we do this podcast, we've been doing it since December, and, you know, we get all these downloads, but it's, like, our people are really listening, and, like, yes, we get, we see people commenting and, like, engaging, but, like, it's so crazy to see somebody, like, in the actual, like, a real person, like, communicate with them, like, like yeah. I listen to your show, you guys are cool, like, you guys are cool people, so that was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was, that was really, really, really cool moment, uh, you know, happy we got to meet up with him, I was hoping we'd get to go out afterwards, but you know, with the drive and everything,
0: yeah. Was show, it yeah. Kind of difficult. yeah. Plus show, the show ran, ran so really late, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure he's listening to so Mr. ACP. What's up? Yeah, man. R- real cool, you know, getting to connect with that guy. I'm sure we will again in the future, as long as this show keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah, so we got in there, and like
0: I said, that this. I, I mean, what do you think of the setup? So, yeah, I mean, I thought the setup was nice. I mean, walking in there, I, I mean, I, I thought the arena looked really nice. The lighting, I thought everything looked, it looked like a, you know, like a really, like, good, like, professional, um, you know, like a high-level professional wrestling show setup.
1: Yeah, so I was myself just, like, ecstatic once we walked in, just seeing all the, like new japan fans you know yeah like all these people that are that are fans of new japan pro wrestling and like that just made me happy to see that kind of fan base all get together in florida it's like really different yeah um i will say this though as soon as i walked in i was immediately ecstatic and then i looked mm-hmm. at the ring and when i realized it wasn't like a new japan ring i got kind of mm-hmm. disappointed yeah like i was still happy and I'm not trying to be too nitpicky, but I was like, oh, man, it's a New Japan show. I was really, really hoping for, like, the blue mat with the white outline, at least at, at a minimum.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know this is not, like, a real, quote-unquote, like, New Japan show. But, I mean, I was still expecting some certain elements that, you know, we watch on New Japan worlds. So, you know, there was the ring, there was a CEO ring and not a New Japan ring. I mean, like, the ring announcer clearly was his first time, you know...
1: Well, the thing is, too, is, like, they had CEO and New Japan, like, propaganda or, like, you know, logos on stuff. So I heard someone say, like, oh, well, they probably didn't do that because next year for CEO. I'm like, yeah, but you still got New Japan logos all over everything. So, like, if New Japan's going to be involved in it, I mean, how much... They clearly got that map made. They clearly yeah, got well, the yeah. made. Yeah, well, yeah. They said that the ring they're, they're going to keep using that ring. Right, but they had New Japan logos on it, too. <clears throat> You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, they went out and they got it made. If you're going to make it and you're going to put a New Japan logo on it, like, how hard would it have been just to make a blue map with a white outline?
0: Right, and make it look like... And they could have just put a CEO logo on it. Yeah, they could have put it. the CEO logo on I would have been fine.
1: Yeah. I, I, that would have made me a lot, like, that was... Yeah. It sounds so nitpicky, but as a fan of the product, like... I feel like I wasn't at a real New Japan show. Yeah. Like, I got to see it. It felt like I got to go see a bunch of New Japan talent, and I'm not trying to shortchange the show or discredit it, but it did, like, I don't feel like I went and saw a real New Japan right. show. The way yeah. that, like, I'm sure the people in, like, Long Beach feel, feel yeah. like, when they watch the stuff of the Walt's Pyramid and all that, they... Yeah. they
0: Really did go to a
1: New Japan show. Right. I feel like I didn't.
0: And like I was mentioning, like, yeah, the ring announcer, like, you clearly can tell that wasn't he. he his, his first, like, um, time announcing wrestling. And just like he would announce the dudes, and like, there'd be like a, a pause, and then the music would hit, and the guys would come out. That was a little weird. We
1: haven't gotten uh, any numbers yet on the show, but I mean, what would you say was there? Maybe like 3,000? If uh,
0: that? I would say it was like 3,000, like, 3,500.
1: I'm not the greatest at guessing, but I mean, it was not like. The place obviously wasn't packed, but I mean, there it was a good sized crowd. Yeah, um, you know, people seemed to be very like excited. Um, you know, but then once we got in there, like we got in there late, and then after we got in there late, like mm. they were, we
0: were still just waiting in and waiting, waiting and waiting. Yeah, it took a while for. I mean, because like it was supposed to start eight thirty. I don't think the first dark match started until like Almost after nine. nine. Yeah. yeah. And that was – yeah, so the the
1: first dark match started – now, I will say this. For me as a personal observer, it did not bother me how late everything started. It really didn't affect my experience at all, but it was just because I was out with my friends – Having a good time. Yeah, I mean, we go out to wrestling shows all the time, and we just have a good time. and So it wasn't like I was like, oh my God, what's happening? But if I was like, if it had been like WrestleMania weekend, and I'd gone to show after show after show, and I was getting held up because this production like that, then I, I probably would have been really pissed. Yeah. But on that night, I
0: barely noticed it. Um, and, was, and we were like talking to the fans around us. We were talking to other fans, and... Just, you know, chatting up, having a good time, waiting for the show to start. Yeah. But then, like, a lot of other people on, like, Twitter and the people on the Twitch feeds, they yeah, were am sure. Were I'm sure if you were watching the feed, you had to be pissed because they told you it was going to start at 8.30. You had to choose between, like, watching Best in the World live or, or between this. And I'm sure a lot of people were like, oh, I'll watch this first and I'll catch Best in the World later. And this started, like, so much more later where they could have probably done it the other way around, watch right. Best in the World Friday night and then watch this show. on the the man yeah definitely so I mean I don't know
1: it didn't bother me at all but that's not me making an apology that's just my personal experience the people that were pissed
0: like they have every right yeah I completely understand I mean if I was watching on the stream I would be pissed
1: another thing too is like for a show that's supposed to be that has the the name of the second largest wrestling company in the world attached to it who's trying to make a play to go into the international market it's a bad look it, like that kind of unprofessional sort of thing and I they were saying what was the, uh, the what they said or, uh, I'm sorry what were they saying was the reason that they were starting so late uh, I remember there was like an, there was an excuse saying with like production issues and things like that
0: well I know they were talking about like they built the they built the setup that day mm. it took them like 12 hours to so, so I don't even know when they finished setting up that, that could have been more of a delay besides a ticket scanner um, they could have set up Finish the setup late, and I'm sure they, you know, after they set up that, like run through everything, make sure like the production, the music, and the videos, and all that stuff was working.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what it was, but I mean, just in general, like, you know, if you're gonna do a show, and I understand it, it was at a gaming convention, but if you're gonna do a show, you have New Japan Pro Wrestling's name attached to it, you can't you can't do that right. you, you just simply can't like it's not gonna fly like it's it's not a good look it's you know I don't know if I was New Japan and I and like my world champion was like producing this show with this company and that, and like that was the kind of thing that was going on I would
0: I wouldn't be having it to be honest with you yeah you yeah, see like you said it just wasn't a good look and um, you, you expect a little bit more from like a, a, a New Japan co-branded show yeah now, uh,
1: now you know, on the other side of things, it's not like New Japan had representatives there, like, actually right. running the show. Like, it was Kenny. Kenny doing everything. This is all
0: Kenny's show, yeah.
1: So, I mean, you do have to kind of cut him a little bit of slack, but at the same time, it's like, hey, you know... if you wanted to do the show right? you know you took it upon yourself like it's your responsibility to make sure that this happens the way it should and you know life happens and I mean you know we give people slack and I'm sure
0: right. like it's not going to derail Kenny's career or anything oh, like no. that but and I, th- I think it's just one of those situations where you live and you learn and if they do this next time I'm sure they're going to take all the mistakes from this time for next year and make it better obviously you know set, set up the ring in the arena like a day before run through everything make sure everything's working and just kinda of having all your I's dotted and Ts crossed going into the day of the event.
1: I I've also heard a lot of people say that the um the fan base that was there must like was a lot of like video game fans. But it didn't seem that way to me.
0: Well yeah, especially like in our section on our side. I felt like there it was all New Japan got. Like New Japan fan. That's what
1: it seemed like the majority just looking around at the shirts and the type of like people that are there. Not not saying that there's isn't a crossover of like gamers too, but it didn't seem like the people that were there were, were strictly
0: had like never watched New Japan before.
1: Yeah, like yeah. there were gamers who were there for the convention right. and that, that they got lured into the show just based off the reputation because I mean I saw a mil- I saw a ton of gamers outside of the convention just doing whatever they're doing just walking around. And they clearly and, were not wrestling fans. Right, yeah. You could definitely tell there's different kind of dynamic, but there's a lot of people that were, like, hypothesizing, like, how many, like, non-Japanese... Yeah, I
0: heard uh, Meltzer was talking about it this morning on Wrestling Observer Radio, talking about, you know, because certain guys didn't get pops, like, um, he thought that Liger's pop wasn't as big as it should have been, and he thought, like, you know, people weren't really marking out for Rocky or Marrow that... Um, I, think, I think part of it might
1: not have been that they weren't... Uh, you know, necessarily like, uh, I don't think it was that they're gamers. I think that it also could have been that there's a lot of people there that are just like, they're fans of New Japan, but they're casual fans, and they don't necessarily know who Rocky Romero is. Right. Like, you know, the type of fan who is watching
0: on Access. Right. So I'm saying yeah, if you you're watching I mean? Access TV, they're playing the big matches. I'm sure they've only shown a handful of Pungy three K matches. Like new, and, newer fans don't know that right. much about Liger. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. New fans they don't know about Liger and I'm sure there are Pungy three K matches that are that are on there. Rocky's just a manager, so they're probably in their head, like, what's this manager like wrestling Liger for?
1: So I mean I felt like that could be part of it. Uh you know, it could have been that there was I mean I'd be interested to see how many people were I don't think we'll know but see how many people were just like video game fans but as as an as someone who attended it did not seem like it was split half and half or 60-40 it seemed like a vast majority of people that were there were New Japan fans yeah. or indie wrestling fans just in general like that's yeah. what it that doesn't seem like to me anyways yeah same here um you want to get into the card?
0: Yeah, so we the show started off. There was two dark matches. Uh, the first was, well, I guess I should say pre show matches because these matches were aired. They weren't completely dark. Uh, the first pre show match was uh, Chase and Rance against Aaron Epic. Chase and Rance defeated Aaron Epic. And a lot match of. That was good. Yeah, it was a very uh, good, you know opening match
1: real solid opener there was one move that Chase and Rance did at the end it was like a, uh, almost like I don't remember exactly but it was like a version of the Hangman DDT but it was like a uh, a Hangman DDT but like a pile driver yeah you know and that was his finish and I thought that was really interesting I never really seen that I thought it was really really good Um, both guys came out nobody announced them no music right it was clearly a dark match but then, um, there was uh, like you're about to start saying yeah, a lot, a lot of controversy.
0: controversy surrounding the pre-show match here. Uh, Chasing Rance is a registered sex offender, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, like this was something that I had no idea about um, going in. Like I. Like, the name Chasing Rance, like, I feel like I might have heard of that name, like, TNA back in the day, but, like... I've never heard of it. I had no idea who he was. I had no idea he was a sex offender, but, um, you know, apparently it got out during the show. People were, you know, tweeting and putting on Reddit, like, how could Kenny Omega book, um, you know, a registered sex offender on his show?
1: Yeah, so they, um, when the match started, actually... Someone in the crowd did chant out something about a pedophile. Yeah. Because either Rich or James were like, whoa, did someone just, like... And they're like, who are they talking about? We didn't know. And so we are just like, whatever, you know. We just enjoyed the match for what it was. You know, what did they go, eight minutes? Something Something like like that, that, yeah. You know, they they had a short little pre-show match. The match ended. And then, um, you know, the next day, everything started, like, busting out on the Internet. The other thing, too... Um, Aaron Epic has, you know, not the greatest reputation either. Like he, there's been um, allegations against him for domestic battery and violence as well, um, and that's that's something where like you'd have to do some digging on Aaron Epic to kind of find it if you're on on the internet. You know, it's it's kind of hard to find that, but if you do some digging, you can kind of look and find stuff into him. We're actually here with a. A friend of ours, and they were kind of alluding to that they'd heard something, and I did some
0: digging. and I found that, but yeah. um, and um, since then, obviously Kenny Omega has responded to a lot of people and has you know tweeted out an apology and talking about this stuff. And what happened was they obviously brought in um, like a wrestling, a local wrestling school to help setting up with the ring and be the ring crew and that kind of stuff. And so you know, Kenny threw those guys a bone. And was like, you guys can have the first pre-show match. Just give me two guys that are capable of doing that. And so Kenny did not produce that match. He produced the second pre-show match to the main event. And so he said he gave... And it's Team Vision Dojo, yeah. which actually Chase and Ranch runs in Orlando, here in Orlando, Florida. And he founded... Yeah, so Kenny gave them the pre-show match. They picked the two guys they thought were the best for the for the spot: Chasing Rains and Aaron Epic, and that's what happened.
1: Yeah, so he had some uh, comments here. He said, "I wanted to thank everyone that turned into the stream or joined us live for the CEO of New Japan uh, show." All of our talent had a great time and fed off your incredible energy throughout the entire night. I'm incredibly proud of everything I personally produced, but unfortunately made a terrible oversight by allowing a dark match featuring local talent I wasn't personally familiar with. Admittedly, I met Chase and Rance once in 2004, but a lot can happen in 14 years. I'm terribly sorry for anyone in the building that felt unsafe or personally offended by his inclusion on the show. I will personally provide refunds to anyone in attendance that couldn't enjoy themselves because of this. As for fans that were taken aback on stream, again, my bad. I'd allowed our ring crew, also a wrestling school, to participate in dark match, minus graphics and music, as a show of appreciation for the hard work they'd done to help prepare our set for the show. There were a large group of people, and I'd very simply asked for two guys that could have a basic and effective dark match. Chasen and Epic were the wrestlers they chose, and I was reassured they were more than capable. The match itself went fine, and both of them were pleasant backstage, but I didn't realize until much later via social media, etc., that the first dark match I'd allowed for caused trauma amongst some fans. By no means do I wish to support or defend these people. I trusted blindly and potentially tarnished the name of an event that was very important to me and took a lot of time and finance to realize. I'm sorry for anyone truly hurt by this. And can assure people that it won't be—I won't be taking chances uh, like this in the future. I will monitor every detail directly.
0: If/when we challenge CEO uh, versus New Japan Part Two, and then also later on, I know he made um, some tweets um, offering a refund to anybody who felt um, offended by having and Rants on the show.
1: Yeah, he, he did say, too, he said that he produced, like you said, all the matches from Dark Match Number 2 on, and, you know, essentially that he gave the, uh, the ring crew the opportunity to do that, like we said. Um, you know, he said he didn't really, really know that, you know, the people that were wrestling were criminals in any way or anything of that sort, and he said that, you know, when he was working with them, they were just nothing but polite and that sort of thing, and it wasn't until much later that he found out what was going on, so... um you know, what I guess what it, what are your takes and and you know yeah,
0: stances on Yeah, it. so here here's where I stand. I mean, I, I feel I mean it's obviously a very huge mistake, a very terrible oversight. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, Kenny's only human. He made, like I said, he made a terrible mistake. He thought he was doing something good by offering Team Vision Dojo a pre-show match on the show because they helped out all day with setting up. Like I mentioned, fell in my bone and he just thought he was doing a good thing, helping those guys out and they just picked two guys. He All he was looking for was two guys that could have a good dark match and which they did. He didn't stop to stop think, you know, maybe I should like background check these guys before I let them wrestle on my show. So. So, a couple things that
1: that I feel like need to be sort of discussed here. Um, and I have no dog in the fight one way or the other. I'm not looking to defend Kenny. I'm not looking to exonerate him. Nothing like that. You yeah. know, we are fans of Kenny Omega as a wrestler. But, you know, with this sort of thing too, again, you've got the number two Japanese wrestling, you got the number two wrestling world in the world, wrestling company in the world's name attached to your show. The fact that it is an oversight is unfortunate, but also it's not it's not a good look. Like I said before, Um, with wrestling, the way that things work, you know, they're not gonna probably do a background search on every single individual that's involved in
0: the show. I'm sure if you go to your local indie show, there are probably guys on the card that have very shady paths that you wouldn't know unless you did the time to like dig and research everybody
1: when when yeah so like when a company like ring of honor or evolve or something like that you know comes into a local area and they're running a show they usually don't pay for everybody that's involved with their company to come in as ring crew or what have you security all that they'll usually let the wrestlers from local wrestling schools come in and help with those sorts of tasks Give them exposure to the business, that sort of thing. It's it, it happens all the time when right. when whenever we go to uh, you know some of the bigger company shows, the guys that we know from Tampa Bay Pro or from you know MLW or whatever companies that are around here, you know FIP, they
0: they'll all end up working the, the those types. Right. Yeah. I mean, we saw some Tampa Bay Pro guys on this show.
1: Yeah. So it happens all the time. Um, with that being said, you know if you're working with a wrestling school, you you're not going to be like. Hey, you know, uh, Joe Schmo, you know, um, trainer and owner of the company, you know, did you background search in every single guy? It's like, hey, this is what we need. You know, they're they're doing a kind of like menial task. Now, where it changes is where somebody wrestled on the show. They got exposure, basically, based off of Kenny's name, New Japan's name, that sort of thing. Um, part of, part of my only questions on this and it's not me accusing, but it's me wondering. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Um, Kenny said that like he didn't, you know, he only met Chase and Rance basically one time and was only somewhat affiliate or, you know, familiar with him, but dude owns the school. All right. So who set it up? is what I'm kind of wondering. Is like, who set what, the relationship up? Like, who yeah. yeah, Like who called Team Vision Dojo and said, right. like, hey, we need... The, because the ring was uh, offered by... That's who owns the ring, is yeah. Team Vision Dojo. and They need to work with somebody to, to get a ring for a yeah. production like I mean, this. who knows?
0: I mean, Kenny, obviously, he knows a lot, a lot of wrestlers live in Orlando. Right. And I'm sure Kenny could have made a call to anybody and said, I mean, we, so we saw Bobby Fish, we saw Simon Gotch right. walking around the show. He could have called one of those dudes up and said, hey, do you guys know a school that's in Orlando that I could work with? And, right. And they could have said, they could have either yeah, uh, yeah, Team Vision Dojo. I've heard those guys are pretty good. Call them up. That's,
1: that's where I feel like part of the oversight is problematic because the guy who owns, it's not just that. See, the way that Kenny painted the picture was he's like, hey, we gave them an opportunity to pick two guys. These are the guys they picked. But one of the guys they picked is the owner of Love the company. Them. Right. And so I am wondering, I'm not accusing Kenny and saying, oh, Kenny definitely knew or something like that, but I am saying that somebody who connected them to this, to them either could have easily known or should have known probably Right. more than likely. And they didn't give Kenny the 401. The, the thing with Chase and Rance's situation is, is if you do a, a search of him online, it just takes two seconds. The first it, thing, that pops everything up. comes up. Yeah, yeah. It pops up. It's not like Aaron Epic's situation. Like, everything pops up. And, again, it's not like Kenny's going to go out and research every single person. But I am wondering, like, who... Who who set this up? Was right. it a CEO that called him and was just like I
0: mean there there are a ton of wrestling schools in Orlando yeah. that he could have chose from. Heck there's schools here in Tampa yeah. that he could have used as well.
1: Yeah, I mean Orlando's a hotbed. I mean there's a lot of a lot of different companies they could have gotten to do this, but yeah. unfortunately they use this company. Um the other thing too with it is um I don't know I just feel like it's a little bit weird that they we're like, hey, you guys can have a match, but no graphics, no music, and the guy that's wrestling is Chasing Rance. Right. Whether that means that they knew something or not, and I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just saying that's not a good look. Again, yeah. it's it's another not, another
0: like, thing where it doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, based on the story, I don't I don't see completely where that they would send them out with no music and no graphics, especially if this was because this was obviously not planned part of the show. Right. Going into it. He was doing, he thought he was doing them a favor. So, not doing graphics or name or music, I I could see why they wouldn't do that. Whether if it was two different guys, like I can, I would see why not doing a good reason for not doing that.
1: Yeah. Now, I think like what Kenny has said and done is on the right track where he's like, listen, if you were offended or you were upset, you know, I'm, you know, we'll refund you your money. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully only people that are actually bothered, um, and tra- like, I guess traumatized by it are right. people that are taking them up on that. Not like scumbags trying to just get, get their money show. back. Yeah. Even though I thought about it <laughs> cause I'm a scumbag <laughs> now just playing, but, um, you know, that's, that's great. And you know, him kind of addressing, it's probably the right thing to do. And if, if it was truly an honest mistake, you know, th- that's a lesson that he's learned, but I will say this, whether it was a mistake or not, I'd be pissed if I was New Japan. Oh yeah. Oh, I would be. I'm sure Harold
0: May. I would be pissed. Yeah, Harold May did not like hearing this.
1: Bro, the, the like from the production issues and the complaints from fans and all that and then you know this pops up as well. Whether Kenny meant to do it or not, like you know, you you know, just because if you break the law just because you didn't have knowledge of it doesn't mean you can't get, you know, convicted of it. Right. That's If I was the owner of this company, I feel like I'd blame myself a little bit for giving Kenny the um, ability to go in there and just run a show without any kind of New Japan oversight. Like, I'm I'm kind of like a like a control freak, anyways. So like, I would never let one of my employees. Just take the name of my company and attach it to his produce show in America, right? With no supervision and no guidance, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know how involved New Japan was, but it seemed to me like they were not involved much. Involved if much, if they at all.
0: probably they gave Kenny the rights to use the name, the logo. They gave him a set of wrestlers and like here, yeah. have fun.
1: That's, that's what it seemed like to me and that and you can't do business like that like if you're trying to make it here in the states because I mean mm-hmm. this whole this show was a good show and we're yeah. you know the biggest story is the issues that they had and then this thing with with Jason
0: Rance. yeah. I mean because cl- I mean clearly this show production wise, it was not on the level like you mentioned of like a G1 special in USA. Or even the strong style Evolve UK shows. The stream stuff that I've seen looks really bad.
1: Yeah. It looks really grainy, really dark. The whole thing has like a gray feel to it. I don't know. You know, I'm, I mean, I guess it's just, you know, what happens when you use Twitch, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm not too much up on that sort of yeah. stuff. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. It, it, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I will say this, like fans that were outraged, I'm. I, I don't think that they're necessarily wrong. But I also, again, I feel like there's that collective group of people that just like are looking for reasons to attack New Japan I guess yeah, you yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's like hmm. I don't want to I don't want to say that there aren't people that aren't genuinely offended by this I'm sure there really are and this is a touchy subject but right. I feel like there's other people who are just like oh they, they effed up here we go yeah and give me thanks for the ammunition, yeah, Kenny. Thanks, yeah, that's what it feels. like. You loaded like. the gun for us. Um, you know, Kenny did respond to certain fans who, and he was like, "If you guys think mm-hmm. I like actually would, you know, mean to do this, he's like, you know, that's that's on you." He's like, yeah. "Obviously, I would never do that." Right. So,
0: and I, and I think the thing too, like, honestly, I I am not trying to stand up for Kenny or say it was right or anything, but being a professional wrestling fan. If you've watched wrestling for a long time, there's a lot of you know just sketchy and horrible stuff that has happened. It's a business. Yeah, that's happened in the history of pro wrestling, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be upset by this thing. But if you've been watching wrestling for a long time, like we have, like you've seen and
1: well, I saw someone that was like, well, what if what if w- I, uh, what if WWE had done this, and then uh, a friend of ours was like. Uh yeah, they got a convicted murderer. murder in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what are you talking about? Yeah. And I um, guess
0: some of the stuff that like happened, in the attitude era, storyline wise, it's just like you you watch it back now and you're like, what were they thinking?
1: <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's it it is what it is. It, it's yeah. a terrible thing that happened. Um you know, another thing that someone pointed out they said, you know, like that. I guess Scott Hall is good friends with Jason Ranson, has involved him with different things that he's done on the internet before and like no one's really ever said anything. But I think I don't know if it's just I think part of it's just maybe people this guy wasn't on anyone's radar prior to this and now he, right. you know, with you know, it's like group think mentality, you know. Like, you know, someone says something and then everyone jumps yeah. on the back Yeah, Yeah, it. the
0: mob, mob mentality. Yeah, yeah. mob mentality. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. Um, but, you know, that sucks that that happened. I don't see it happening again in the future. I don't oh. even know if they're going to do another one of these in the future, honestly. Oh, we'll right, see.
0: yeah. We'll see what happens.
1: But uh, let's get into the real show.
0: Yeah, so moving on, the, the second pre-show match, we had Michael Nakazawa coming out doing an open challenge, and this was hyped up on social media. Michael Nakazawa is one of Kenny Omega's best friends He's a former uh, DDT wrestler, lives in uh, Thailand now. Yeah, they
1: are saying Thailand.
0: I thought he moved to Singapore, though. Uh, I don't know. I remember
1: reading that when he left uh, DDT that he was going to Singapore, but I don't know. He uh, might be in Thailand now. It's hard to tell.
0: Yeah. But, uh, you know, Kenny's one of Kenny's best friends, Kenny wanted to give him an opportunity to shine. He thinks this guy is really talented and should be, you know doing more stuff in wrestling so nakazawa came out um and, you know before the match you know he was just healing it up you know saying uh, it was great he could beat any american and the japanese people are better than americans at wrestling and video games <laughs> and man he was just hilarious he cut really he had really good english and he was just cutting, you know, these awesome heel promos, getting the crowd riled up. But it was just hilarious.
1: Yeah, the, the first guy that he ended up fighting came out, and it was this another, like, local Dark
0: guy. It. it was, like, an like unnamed wrestler, just a skinny guy. And uh, he, probably from Team Vision Dojo yeah, as he, well. Yeah, he called him Skinny Boy. And he's like, what you doing here, Skinny Boy? Yeah, it's your, it's your <laughs> typical, like, small indie wrestler, like, skinny. He was real small, though. Yeah. And he was, like, uh, great are you even trained to do this? <laughs> yeah. Gr- Granny Alvarez would call him a skinny wimp. He's uh, like, you
1: live weights? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever lift a dumbbell <laughs> and oh. then um Michael Nakazawa basically walks up to him and is like you know I'm a good guy and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to introduce yourself yeah
0: Here he's you like go. what's your name what's your name <laughs> like he gave him the mic and then like attacked him yeah as soon as the kid was about to say his name he
1: kicks him he just tags him they, they have like a good little couple minute match
0: um He, uh... He's just doing tons of heel, like, hilarious, like, comedy crap. uh, Comedy spots. And then he, uh, pulls out a thong from underneath his wrestling gear and does a, uh, thong, mandible claw. Yeah, that was... to, To, uh, Skinny Boy.
1: Yeah, Skinny Boy taps out, and then he... Gets the mic again and starts cutting another promo. Says he's gonna beat up all the Americans, even if there's a hundred
0: of them. Yeah, in he's row. like he's not leaving until he beats you know, every American. <laughs> um, and then you hear all of a sudden, I don't, I don't know where you hear somebody like on the microphone and coming up, and it ended up being um, Alex Jabaley who is the promoter of CEO, you know, he made his way to ring. He was in a wheelchair because he uh, tore his Achilles practicing for this match. Hey,
1: you know what they say, don't try this at home.
0: Yeah. Um, So, you know, he rolled up to a wheelchair and then they had to like lift him out of the crowd. They gave him some crutches and he uh, made his way to the ring and accepted the challenge.
1: I will say this. I thought that everything with Michael Nakazawa, I was just like, and I think we all were saying it, like, he needs to be on TV. Yeah. Like, this is just... It's one of the most entertaining things I've seen in a long time. Like,
0: and I go to wrestling shows all the time. I was like, this guy is Dude, yeah. Awesome. He, he was... All, all of us. We were all impressed by him and thought he was awesome. Like, this guy should be, like, in a, in a top star in a big promotion right now.
1: And then, um... Yeah, so the stuff with... Uh, what's the guy's name? Alex Trebailey? Alex Trebailey. Trebailey, okay. I I was a little bit on the, like, eh, this, feel, this has a WCW kind of feel to it. Yeah, you know?
0: like, yeah, non-wrestler coming in, like, having a match. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it was whatever. It was a dark match. And then... um Like, I remember in this match, um, (laughs) not because I was just putting baby oil all over himself.
0: Well, before that, too, he got heat uh, because Jabali came in with the crutch. And he was like, "You can't use that. <laughs> You're gonna hit me with it and like kick the crutch away from him." And then he started beating him. But yeah, he, he pulled out the uh, baby oil and was like sheening himself up. And... He just
1: he put so much sheen on him. I actually found a uh, a picture of him where like he has just nothing. It's him and Ibushi. Yeah. And Ibushi's like stay like totally dry, trying to stay away from him, and like Nakazawa is just covered head to toe <laughs> in oil, and he's got like. A big tub of chicken grease. Oh, Literally, he's holding like a big tub of chicken grease, and that's yeah. what he's
0: putting on himself. And he was like using it to like slip out of moves. Yeah, or, like, like like he
1: was in a, he'd be in a move, and then he'd put the baby oil on himself, and he'd slide out of it. Yeah, it was so hilarious.
0: Funny. He tried again for the. Uh... Assisted mandible claw, but it ended up on the referee.
1: Yeah, they got on the referee. At one point, he um he had jabale on the ground, and he took a bunch of baby oil, like and
0: squirted he, on jabale he, he squirted
1: on him, and then he hit the ropes, and then he slid off of him and, and did, s- a did a senton, Yeah, senton, and we were like sliding.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: So yeah, we we really enjoyed Michael Nakazawa. You know, a lot of people were offended. By him, too. Yeah. Like, people all over the internet were offended by his, like, anti American comments. And I was yeah. like, Have you guys ever watched wrestling ever? <laughs> yeah. You guys wouldn't have made it in the days of Yokozuna. Like, what do you, Mr. Fuji? And,
0: and like, I think a lot, I think there, there were some people, too, that the reason they did, they cut that promo specifically was to try and, like, negate some of the, the heat from Kenny's yeah comments um, yeah. last week about. Um, Japanese wrestlers I
1: was just like man how are heels gonna get
0: heat man (laughs) right we gotta get heat somehow man
1: but I don't know I mean this didn't feel like I didn't see this being like stereotypical racist it
0: it didn't seem like anything we hadn't seen before in pro wrestling um it, it wasn't like those gender, uh
1: promos on Nakamura oh, last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't
0: like that. Yeah. But I don't know. It was whatever. Whatever. I thought it was fine. But um, so, yeah. So while the ref was distracted with the uh, falling mandible claw, Jabaili used his crutch to hit um, Naka, Nakazawa, and he hit the attitude adjustment and got the win. That's right. He hit him with the AA. <laughs> 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 I forgot. He pinned him with an AA. That was funny. So, yeah. So, we move on to the next match. We're on to the main card now. Well, before we move on to the
1: main card, Mm -hmm. let's talk. So, Kenny came out. That's right, yeah. And he basically, like, apologized to everybody for, you know, how long it took to basically start the show. And then he was like, oh, by the way, here's another, like, 15-minute like, hold. <laughs> right. So then, like, we, we waited, and then, like, it was, like, another intermission. And then the intermission ended, and it still didn't start. And then they did, like, another 10-minute 10 Ten,
0: Yeah, clock. yeah. The main show didn't start to like, 10.30. Ten, yeah. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, that was wild. Um, so, yeah, and then, uh, you know, Jabaley told a story about practicing to do a mystical drop kick and tearing his Achilles and, like...
1: I don't even know who that guy was. Like, to me, he was just a prop. Like, it was all about Michael Nakazawa. And, oh, yeah. And some, like, some dude in crutches. Who <laughs> was just, like, he was there. He might as well have been having a DDT match with, like, a mannequin, basically. Pretty much, yeah.
0: But, yeah, it was whatever. But, um... So, yeah, after the double <laughs> countdown clock you mentioned, we were finally... Got to the main card, and things kicked off with Jushin Thunder Liger against Rocky Romero. Um, And from my vantage point, it sounded like the crowd was in love with Liger. Yeah,
1: Liger got one of the largest pops of the whole night, from what I heard. I don't know how it came across on the live feed, but, but, I mean,
0: yeah, Liger had a huge, huge, huge entrance Yeah, it was awesome I mean, this was uh, a good little match here Uh, Rocky was playing the heel in the match Um, Obviously Liger with the baby face Um, And, you know, they kind of did like their normal spots You know, Liger hit the uh, tilt-a-whirl backbreaker a couple times Uh, Rocky had, you know, his forever lariats that he does.
1: Yeah, no one, like, chanted forever.
0: Yeah, except us. I was, yeah, like, I was like, (laughs) forever! Like, yeah, but
1: we were pretty far back. By the way, we had awesome seats for this thing. Like, we were, section
0: 104, we were like... Oh, perfect. Yeah, we were like right in the the middle. Oh, it was perfect. And, uh, you know, speaking of Rocky Romero, we were hoping to be able to meet up with him. Uh, before the show started, with but obviously with all the production stuff going on, I'm sure he didn't have time and we didn't get a chance to connect with Rocky here, but uh, hopefully in the future, we'll, we'll be hit able- you up, Rocky. We know yeah. you're listening. <laughs> we'll, we'll be in contact with Rocky and we'll try and get him on the show here as soon as possible. But... Um, I think he had to focus all his attention on,
1: you know, Per Resu Superstar and legend Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which he ended up losing the match here Liger hit him with the Liger bomb
1: Yeah it was so cool Just being able to I mean like from a mark out Moment like I saw Jushin Thunder Liger wrestle like live Uh,
0: Yeah I had never seen Liger uh, wrestle Live before so that was just like an awesome experience. That's one of those things
1: where, like, in life later on, like, you know, when, because we all go, like, you know, people are going to be like talking about Liger and I'm gonna be like, yeah, I remember when I saw him live in Daytona Yeah, Rocky I remember Rock. when he
0: hit that showte on Rocky Romero. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Uh,
1: great, great little opener. And then, um, the Gorillas Destiny uh, took on Juice Robinson and Dave Finley, yeah. which I didn't really have high expectations for this, but I thought this was, v- like, really good.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, fans were definitely behind Juice Robinson, but this was a Bullet Club crowd, and G.O.D. was pretty over yeah G.O.D. was over yeah a lot of G.O.D. chants um, I was surprised about that a little people bit people throwing up the two sweets when they came out yeah
1: we uh, were some of them
0: yeah I mean I mean these guys are awesome and
1: you know it, you know what it didn't seem like people were that much behind Juice in this match uh,
0: yeah I mean there were definitely more G.O.D. backers than Juice backers and I feel like nobody was like even cared about Finlay being there yeah I
1: mean, and that kind of makes sense, but it was just a little surprising because I think of Juice as being, like, one of the most over guys in the company.
0: Right. And, I mean, Juice is a guy, you look at this year, he's, like, consist- consistently on row two shows, big shows, um, you know. Titled shots. Yeah. He's in the tournaments. Like, he's had a great year now. And well, G.O.D., they've kind of
1: been, like, on the back burner. Like They had that, that six-man tag title run, and since then, like, we haven't they haven't done much. They haven't had, like, hardly any like tag team matches just the two of them like it's right. been it's been a down year for them and they've like pretty much been
0: absent for the most part in this whole bullet club war yeah
1: so I don't know but there's,
0: they were over with this crowd on this night yeah and um Loa and uh Tamatanga ended up getting the victory here. Tonga hit the gun stun on Finley for the win. Yeah, that was cool. And the, and the one cool thing about this match, they did brawl it out into the crowd. They came right by us. Yeah, Tamatonga Tonga had uh, dragged up David Finley. I could barely see it, though. Yeah. But So that was kind of cool. But yeah, good little tag match. Next up, we had uh, Jeff Cobb taking on uh, the crown jewel of the Bullet Club, Chase Owens. Oh
1: my god, I was marking so hard. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. literally, like, marking so hard for Chase Owens. And I feel like a lot of people really didn't know either of these guys there wasn't a huge reaction for either of them no not like not at all
1: this was something where you said if you were doing it differently you might have made this the opener
0: yeah i would have put this match on first just based off crowd reactions i mean they end up having a good match i mean chase owens man this guy is so underrated he's so good he just man
1: he's just so smooth in the ring Every time I watch Chase I'm like blown away and it's it's weird cuz we were watching it with like Rich and James and Rich was like I don't I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like what do you not get? This guy's freaking awesome. Yeah,
0: he's good. I mean, yes, he is an enhancement guy. He's not gonna he's not gonna be winning a bunch of matches, but he's very good at making his opponents look good, and just even being a credible threat um, to his opponents. And you know, I heard Meltzer saying like, you know, Chase Owens is a guy that people would have loved to work in the territory, like a guy that's gonna put you over, but it's also gonna make the match like look really really good and have a good match with you, and like somebody they could like draw money with you know what this guy
1: yeah I, I I think chase is great I thought he made Jeff Cobb look like a uh, like a million bucks in this <laughs> match I mean he bumped like crazy for him I thought his heat segment was really 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 good all around, this was a very enjoyable match. I think it caught a lot of people by surprise, because even though people didn't know who they were in the beginning, by the end of the match, the crowd yeah, was really into they it. they were popping for a lot of stuff. And, I mean, obviously, because Jeff Cobb is just a monster, and he has awesome impact moves, and he's oh, yeah. super impressive. But <laughs> Chase, I, to me, Chase was the more impressive guy here. Like, he is most in most matches, a lot of the time, anyways. And, uh yeah. They went 13 minutes. You know, Jeff Cobb got the tour of the islands for the one, two, three, and I thought both guys looked great.
0: Yeah. Then uh, next up, we had a, another tag match. Riske Taguchi teaming up with Dragon Lee to take on Rapungi 3K, Sho and Yo. Um, this was a, a competitive match with a lot of action in it. Um, a lot of Taguchi comedy in the beginning, too. Yeah, I saw some people that were said so they were offended by Taguchi being on the show too and were, were uncomfortable with the amount of hip attacks, which I'm like, you clearly don't watch New Japan if you're uncomfortable with Taguchi. Wait, what are they offended about him by? Just the amount of hip attacks that he was doing. What, because well, he, he the uses hip- his butt for to attack people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I saw that and I was like, are you serious? But yeah, of course, this is Taguchi, so there were plenty of hip attacks in this match. But even though, you know, he got his comedy in, I feel like Taguchi worked really hard in this match. Yeah, he did a plancha. Yeah. And a tope. We got a little bit of that big match Taguchi in here.
1: Um, Roppongi 3K did their thing, you know. They were they were really good.
0: Dragon Lee looked great. Yeah, I mean, they continued the uh, Dragon Lee show. Rivalry, those guys were getting each other's face, and they had a lot of interaction. Uh, Dragon Lee did his awesome spot where he like bolts over the top rope and does the Hurricane Rana,
1: yes, yeah, that was crazy. He did that on our side, too, yeah. I, um, you know, I'm not one of the people that thought that this was the match of the night, but a lot of people did
0: think it was really from what I was seeing, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people really liked this match, (laughs) and then uh, at one point, Rocky Romero came down. Um, He recovered from the Liger Bomb and made his way down to the ringside and was trying to interfere on behalf of Rapungi 3K. Uh, But it backfired, and uh, Dragon Lee and Taguchi ended up getting the win here.
1: Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, Taguchi ended up getting the ghetto clutch for the win. Um, real good match. Uh, at the end of it, Dragon Lee and Show Stared down again. We're face to face and nose to nose and kind of going at it. So. You know, we all remember how great the match they had at Best Super Juniors was. Um, I'm wondering if that's like a feud they're going to continue in the future. Yeah, I
0: don't know. They're teasing a lot of feuds for Dragon Lee right now. We know um, this coming up Saturday, he has a junior title shot coming up. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but also, you know, they're teasing the match with uh, Desperado, they're teasing this match with Cho. I mean, I would love to see more Dragon Lee in uh, New Japan for the rest of this year. I would be surprised
1: if that happened, but yeah, I mean, I'm not. A, I mean, anytime you're gonna, you know, offer Dragon Lee
0: to be part of, you know, the New Japan roster, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, then we had our main event of the night: the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, taking on Los Ingobernables de Japón of Tetsuya Naito and Hiromu Takahashi. And this was just great. We got to see the IWGP Championship belt live and in person. We saw the Junior title. We saw the Best of the Super Junior trophy, and we saw these four superstars.
1: Yeah, I mean the the crowd was, um, they were way into Naito. Oh like, yeah, really, 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 really into Naito, which kind of lends me to think, like, leads me to believe what I was saying earlier might be true. Like, um it could be fans who are fans of New Japan but only like you know watch Their access or like casual fans you Right, know? they know right. the big stars um, and obviously Naito's a big player in the sport of wrestling so I mean he's one of the guys where it's like you've heard of him you know about What LIJ is You know You know You know the gimmick If you're a wrestling fan That's what led me to believe That it wasn't so much Just like You know Gaming fans But maybe You know It's like indie fans Or like You know New Japan fans Right And uh, Naito was over Like Rover Man Like He got a huge Huge pop Like way bigger Than Hiromu Yeah Hiromu didn't get Much of a reaction But there was
0: reactions for Daryl, though. For
1: Daryl, there was. That was the weird thing.
0: (laughs) They were all into Daryl. So that
1: led me to be like, what?
0: Uh, Like, I I don't know. You made a joke. You were like, Daryl's the most over person in the ring right now, and all four of them were in the ring. Bro, he was. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Golden Lovers came out. They actually came out to a a new song. Yeah, like a rap remix
1: thing. That was different. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot more than their actual music. Yeah. I don't like their music. Neither do I i don't know why there's something that it's just, it it doesn't hit hard you know mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean this match these guys before the match even started like the the crowd was chanting this is awesome like they were so into this matchup and i don't blame them i was too so yeah i mean um you know the anticipation
0: was there mm-hmm. and then how did how what happened where daryl ended up in the rings? So, um, at one point, like, Kota Ibushi and uh, Hiromu were started off, but then Hiromu, like, jumped out of the ring, grabbed Daryl, and then, like, no, actually, Daryl was in the corner, and Kota Ibushi started staring off with (laughs) Daryl. So so then, like, Hiromu grabbed Daryl and, like, put him in, like, the middle of the ring, and then, like, Kota Ibushi and, like, Daryl were, like, well, Kota Ibushi was, like, squaring off with Daryl, and then, like, Daryl, like, fell over, and the crowd was like, oh... <laughs> I was hoping we'd get some of that, like... like DDT, yep. like, match with Daryl. Yeah, I was well, hoping, like, they would do some the, stuff with Daryl. The crazy thing is then Hiromu, like, picks Daryl up and does, like, a bunch of, like, spots with so, like, Daryl in his hand and, like, fighting koto Ibushi.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this this was just really, really good. I I mean, like, by this point, like, I have... Not so much recollection about the match.
0: (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) But it was a good match. Um, Yeah, I mean, a lot of great spots. We saw the the cross slash. I was able to get that on video. Oh, that was awesome. Um, Yeah, we got to see that, the cross slash. That was so dope. We saw plenty of V-triggers. We saw their combo, which was a nasty bump of the powerbomb-German combo on Naito. I don't think they should be doing that move.
1: I don't think I've ever seen them land it safely, like, one time. Yeah. Every time, for whatever reason, when Ibushi gets the guy, they they come in so high-angled, there's not enough time to, like, set. They always land on their neck. Yeah. Like, every single time. Um, We've only seen a couple, like... uh, Golden Lover matches honestly since they've like got back together where they've done that spot but every time they've done the spot it's not they do it accordions and it just looks nasty it's not even that it looks nasty it actually is is, the way they're falling is not safe yeah whether they're getting injured or not It's like irrelevant Like there's no way that They can
0: continue to do that move The way they're doing it And I mean yeah. Someone's gonna get hurt I don't I don't like it And then another nasty looking bump uh, Takahashi did his uh, oh. Sunset flip bomb To the outside To Ibushi
1: Man thank god Ibushi Got on his shoulder Because yeah. the way they fell That was crazy Yeah and uh, Yeah, this match was really good. It went like 22 minutes. It felt like it was only like 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Like It felt like a really short match. Um, I would really like to check out the replay. I haven't watched it yet, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, I thought it was awesome. Naito got his stuff in. You know, Hiromu was doing his crazy stuff. The Golden Lovers were awesome. We got to see V-Triggers.
0: Yes, yeah, the Dynamite Plunger. See the uh, satellite DDT from Naito. Yeah, that was awesome. Man, yeah. all the, all these guys were on that night, and then
1: um, yeah, after after Naito ended up getting hit with that giant uh, German, they basically kicked him out of the ring, and he kind of just like was he was <clears throat> dead. Yeah, he wasn't moving. And they were he sold that thing. There's people that thought he was like legit, maybe like hurt, and yeah. they actually like they whether it was real or not, they had us you know people assist him out of the ring they ended up uh, hitting the uh indie taker on takahashi which was interesting cuz i don't think they've ever done the indie taker no yeah and then they hit the golden Trevor on takahashi for the 1 2 3 and that was it yeah which that was match of the night for me i thought it was a very very good main event i thought it was well worth the trip to come out there and i i, I once aside from all the other complaints once the the show got started it was
0: it was really good yeah it was all, it was a great night of wrestling i really enjoyed it like you said, it was worth the drive. It was worth the tickets. You uh, know, we had a great time, and uh, can't wait to see some of these guys live again in uh, September for All In.
1: Kenny and J cut a promo afterwards, talking about you know next year and coming back for CEO. So we'll see if this is something that continues or not.
0: Right. Well, you know, he he did say you know this, this the ring like we mentioned was made specifically for CEO and that they will use it again in the future. So whether it's New Japan or not, they plan on. Yeah. having more wrestling involved. There's
1: some other show notes. So some other stuff that uh, there's people that were saying that the ring squeaked a lot on the live feed and that it was like interrupting the yeah. the show. I, I didn't hear that live. I didn't hear it live at yeah. all. There's other people that were saying that the ring ropes were really uh, wobbly and yeah. very loose, and I, that wasn't something that seemed uh, to be that way for me. Yeah, I'm watching it, I don't know. Um, I I guess we'll have to probably check out the live coverage I haven't heard any of the commentary although you know I understand that the commentators were like video game commentators yeah and
0: from what I've heard they actually did a pretty good job yeah for like their first time yeah and what what it sounded like like they were kind of familiar like they're familiar with the New Japan product a little bit. And so they did a pretty good job covering that. And one thing I
1: was a little... Once we started, I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, we came out to Daytona and Hiroma was there and Naito was there and Kenny and Ibushi... And there was no meet-and-greet, and we never got a chance to, like... I mean, that would have been really cool to meet those guys. Right. I mean, like, to, to have them all fly in and to be there for the show and then have no opportunity to interact with them kind of sucked. Yeah. That, that's something that, like, if I'd been running the show, I, I don't know. I'd, I think I would have done that differently, and I think I would have had more merch available. Those are my... As a fan,
0: personally, those are my two biggest complaints. That Right. I mean, with that big, like, delay... They should have set up like a meet and greet in that hallway. They could, have, yeah. And so, how, uh, yeah.
1: I don't know, but yeah, th- that's our review of uh, the Co Show. Yeah. Overall, very good wrestling, and uh, you know, a show troubled, you know, by
0: controversy. Controversy and production issues. So, it is what it is. Yeah. So coming up on Saturday, we have the G One Special in San Francisco. And it's time to give our uh, predictions for all these matches. Do you
1: want to talk about the um, the UK show, or you want to talk go straight into G
0: One? Uh, we can uh, we'll also the UK show a little bit since that that happened the same the same weekend. Yeah, so they there was a two
1: night show, um, Strong Style evolved UK. Now this is already live on the RevPro on demand uh, streaming service. So if you are a subscriber, you can watch it. We are not subscribers, so we have not seen this show yet. We don't have like an official review, but um, you know we have the. Um, you know, the results, the results, and then the different some of the different notes and things like that. Yeah, uh, and uh, the first night took place in uh, Milton Keynes, England, at the Silver Blades uh, Altentram. Oh no no no! Silver Blades was in Manchester. So the first night was at yeah, it was at the Planet Ice Arena in Milton Keynes, and uh, from what I'm hearing, like these shows are getting, like, really good reviews. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward
0: to, to watching these when they come out. I think they're coming out, hopefully, this week. I hope so. This will be, like, a perfect week right before G1 Climax starts. Because, yeah, there's going to be a lot of New Japan to watch when once the G1 Climax starts. So, the first match of the night uh, was... Shota Umino against a mystery
1: opponent uh, who was unannounced and it ended up being a wrestler by the name of the
0: Great Okan. Yes, yes which turned out being Oka. Yeah. Young boy Oka. It's uh, Tomiyuki Yuka. Yeah. Oka.
1: So, yeah, I mean, Oka is one of my favorite young boys. He came out, you know, we talked about how he'd, he'd been growing a beard. Mm-hmm. and so he has a beard now and apparently he has a whole gimmick I ha- haven't seen it but from the reports they said like you know with the the walk and the moves he was doing it seems like it's some sort of like callback to like uh, the great kabuki yeah like like a uh, Asian foreigner like uh, heel sort of persona so you know I don't know uh, if that's what he will return as but um, it seems that for now that he's actually on excursion is what the reports look like um, he's actually changed his Twitter profile and what's,
0: what's his official name I'll look it up is well, his what's his Twitter name
1: yeah he, like he's on excursion this is it yeah like he he's over there so um, he's gonna be um, in the UK yes according to his Twitter that's what it's looking like so, so he added Revpro as his promotion mm-hmm. on his Twitter and then his name is Dominator Great right. Okarn okay. mm-hmm. and yeah and he's got like a whole Asian get up he, wo- he wears like a question mark mask to the ring with a hat um, so yeah we don't know much about it yet I haven't seen the gimmick but it looks like Oka has finally been uh, Elevated, so he's on an excursion along with a uh, Kawato san CMLL. So that's awesome! Good job, Oka. And he he beat Shota Umino. And he, it looks like from what it appears, they, they haven't given like an official announcement, but it looks like he's gone.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, they hadn't been teasing it or anything. So yeah. Then uh, next up, there was Ishimori teaming up with Yujiro Takahashi to take on Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis. Yep. And uh, Bullet Club got the win here.
1: Yep, That I'm sure that was probably pretty good. Uh, Suzuki-Gun, uh, six-man tag, Isaka, Desperado, and Taichi defeated the team of Chaos, which was Jay White, Toriyano, and Gato. Kind of surprising to hear that. Yeah. I think I would
0: have probably had the team with Jay White go over if well, that was me. Well I think what we this was the start of what the theme of this whole weekend was and this was a, this was a Suzuki Goon weekend. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Um then uh, next up, there was Tiger Mask 4 against uh, David Starr, and Tiger Mask 4 got the win here.
1: I would definitely not have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since David Starr is their cruiserweight champion. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, that just seems uh, kind of crazy to me, but
0: yeah. I'd have to see the match. And, uh, apparently, I guess this was announced as a title match for Starr's British Cruiserweight Championship. But Stark got on the mic before the match and said that um, a fourth edition of an anime wrestler didn't deserve a shot at his title and that, made it a non-title match. That's That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and
1: then the singles match between Walter and Yuichi Nagata, which I've got to see that. Oh, yes, man. And uh, Walter defeated him, which uh, Walter is actually... Um, Getting a title shot at the end of the month Against Travis Banks in progress So you know he's doing well Here in Rev Pro He's got a progress title shot coming up He's the PWG world champion mm-hmm. You know he's wrestling in Evolve Like this guy's all over the place yeah. WXW obviously
0: So yeah Then uh, Yoshi Hashi defeated Chris Brooks That doesn't uh, sound good to me at all Yeah um, <laughs> I mean I don't Chris Brooks is great and I mean it's Yoshihashi, But I don't know that seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Will Osprey defeated uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Yeah, again, that's a match we just saw last month. So Best like, Saber Jr. Yeah.
1: I'm like oh, okay. And then the main event was the Rev Pro British Tag Team Championship titles Suzuki Goon, which Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. ZSJ, uh, defeating the team of Okada and Tomohiro Ishii from Chaos. So very. That's another one where I'm like, well, that makes sense. You know, because I, I can't imagine Okada and Ishii defending those belts long term in Rev Pro, but right, um, yeah, that's not that match sounds awesome. Like those four guys going at it, like that's like about on the same level as the main event we we got in uh,
0: Long Beach. So yeah. I mean, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds like the finish here was with. Um Ishii was trapped in the orienteering of Napalm Death while Suzuki had Okada in a sleeper. Okay. So,
1: uh, night two we got the return of the Great Okan and he defeated Danny Dugan. <laughs> 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 Not Duggan, Dugan. 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 <laughs> if you guys have been checking any of the uh, the mid south stuff on uh, man that mid south stuff on on WWE uh Network is awesome Yeah Man Like I'm start. I'm starting to be like Now I, I Like now I see why people Like always talk about How good Mid-South was Like it's good Uh But they always They always call Hacksaw Jim Duggan yeah, They called him Duggan And they called uh Jim heart Need heart Like Heart. <laughs> oh my oh, god yeah. That was so funny So yeah, yeah. And then uh Yuji Nagata
0: defeated Sh- Shota Umino, go figure. Surprise. <laughs> then uh Suzuki Goon, Desperado, Kanemaru and uh Iska, Is- Is- yeah, they took on Chaos again, Ghetto, Toriano, and Yoshihashi. That and, that sounds about right that
1: time, yeah. Yeah, they won. Uh Walter uh just probably killed Yojiro Takahashi, I'm sure. Yeah. And then uh we got a match between Chi and will osprey where taichi prevailed and beat will osprey kind of surprising
0: yeah kanamaru interfered um and Chi got a roll-up win from what i'm hearing this was not that great of a match mm. um yeah
1: interesting um the singles match following that was uh actually it was a fatal four-way david Starr defeated ishimori tiger mask four and el phantasmo so you
0: mean that, that, you mean a, a four-way fatal yeah, four-way fatal <laughs> Johnny Saint on the uh, the NXT UK show <laughs> So,
1: yeah, I mean, that sounds like a really interesting mashup of four different guys But yeah, David Starr, was that a
0: title shot? Yeah, Not this sure. was a uh, rep Pro British Cruiserweight Championship match So that's cool um, And then Jay White uh, defeated Kyle Fletcher, singles match And uh, uh, Fletcher was actually replacing Chris Brooks here, who was announced as being ill okay and then uh, that takes us to our double main
1: event, which just looked like fire. Uh, we got Zack Sabre Jr. taking on K- Kazushika Okada in a rematch from their match at, what was that, from Dontaku? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, their their world their IWGB title match at a- Dantaku. After uh, Sabre won the New Japan Cup. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Okada. Yeah. And also, Okada came out with new pants on red pants he's got red pants he also came out with the altered version of his uh, theme song so I haven't got a good look at those pants I'm sure they're just as like awful as old <laughs> pants but the the idea of him having new pants it, it just turns my stomach yeah I literally don't want him to once again
0: new pants and he's losing took two l's this weekend
1: every time he gets a new pair of pants his power weakens
0: yeah it's not good. And I'm hearing this match was in the uh, four and a half star range. I mean, that's about what their first match was.
1: I'm sure it was really, really good. How did Zack Sabre Jr. tap him out? Is that what happened?
0: Uh, they don't have how he won here. Wow. So I'm not sure if it was a tap out win or a pinfall. I'd be very shocked if he. Said oh, it did. says, uh, say so he rolled up. He rolled up Okada. Okay, that makes and pin, more sense. And pinned him.
1: I was gonna be like, like when's. Yeah, because the only guy that's really, like, submitted him is uh, Nakamura. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, that I, I want to see that. And then our main event, Minoru Suzuki taking on Tomohiro Ishii for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship title. The title that we saw
0: Ishii win WrestleMania weekend from Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. But uh, Suzuki got the win here with a gotch pile driver Ugh. and brought the... Uh, undisputed British Championship back to suzuki Goon. Man, that, like, breaks my heart. <laughs> like, I love Suzuki, but, man,
1: like, I I don't want to see Ishii lose yeah. his belt. He just got it. Yeah. And,
0: well, uh, it wasn't that... I mean, he's had it for a while, I guess, but still... And there were reports saying, you know, this was an amazing, amazing match. This was like 4.75. Wow. There was uh, multiple standing ovations throughout the match. uh, And the crowd popped huge for the title change. I'm sure they killed each other. Yeah. Like, I I cannot wait to see that, so. And then, uh, even more interesting, the post-match, Walter came out, booted Ishii, and then had a stare down with Suzuki. I know we were talking,
1: and I was like... I was kind of thinking that Ishii was going to retain, so I was hoping for an Ishii-Walter match, but, I mean, Suzuki and Walter, oof, that's going to be crazy. (laughs) That's going to be crazy. And, I mean, yeah, so Walter's got, you know, two title opportunities coming up in the near future with Progress and Rep Pro. Like, this guy's got all the belts.
0: Yeah, he's pretty much taking Zack Sabre Jr.'s spot. Because last year Saber like had every belt. Yeah, he had the PWG belt, the Rep Pro
1: belt, and the Evolve title. I'm I'm wondering like if uh, Walter's gonna get a more prominent role in Evolve, like maybe they'll put the belt
0: on him as well. I mean, I think so. I know they know that at any point he could be going WWE, so uh, give him the full push and get as much money out of him as you can now before he ends up with the machine. Yeah. So,
1: um, we will be covering those, I guess, a little bit more in depth once we actually watch them. Yeah. Um, but let's go to this G1 special on, uh, San Francisco. We were only, uh, what less than a week away now.
0: Yeah. Four days away. Yeah. From this card. Um, yeah. So let's. Run down the card and give our predictions. We'll start from the bottom and uh, work our way to the top. Started from the bottom and (laughs) now we're here. Uh, So things started off. We're going to start tonight's going to start off with uh, the chaos team of Yoshihashi, Ghetto, Rocky Romero, Sho, and Yo taking on the Bullet Club team of Haku, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens.
1: Bullet Club's winning. Yeah, There's no way they, they're going to lose. They got King Haku on their team. Yeah. It's the scariest man in wrestling.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're bringing Haku out. Bull Club's definitely going over. You think Yoshihashi can beat freaking King Haku? No. Gato? Rame- Rocky Romero? Sure. Roppongi 3K? No. Mm-hmm. Putting
1: just those five members against King Haku, I'm going to take King Haku. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, literally... I think the IWGP needs to get involved with this match and we need to like see who even sanctioned this because I wouldn't even take like I wouldn't even take this chaos team against King Haku if he was by himself so it's kind of unfair that it's him and G.O.D. and Takahashi and Owens like that that's a dream team right there buddy
0: yeah <laughs> so yeah I'm going uh, Bullet club also and yeah King Haku out there He's definitely not. You're not gonna bring Haku out and have him take a L here. If Bullet Club loses, that's
1: I'm gonna start wondering if this is even real, because <laughs> there's no way that in a
0: competitive, like,
1: fair fight, that Bullet Club could lose this match. They got King Haku. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, I am wondering though. All in all seriousness, you know, it's been a few years since we've seen King Haku wrestle, and last time I saw him was in like that Rambo. And I'm like, he wasn't moving around that well then, and it's been like three or four years later. I'm wondering, you know, what kind of condition he's in, so we'll
0: see. Well, I mean, he's taking other bookings. We're going to see him here against uh, Gang Grail in August. That sounds awful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds really, really bad. Um, That's what, that's the cigar show in in August? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Our good friend, our good friend PSG's on that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, up, bud? I know you're listening.
0: <laughs> uh, next up is going to be Tomohiro Ishii and Toroyano against uh, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr.
1: Yeah, this should be very, very good. I think this is the third time that these uh, two teams have wrestled this year. Um, you know, and every single time, it like I mean, Ishii and Toroyano are like. They're two of the best like they're one of the best tag teams this like consistently match quality wise. Every single night they, they they're one of the best tag teams in New Japan, even though they're like utility guys and gatekeepers. And all the matches they've had with Suzuki and
0: Saber have been great, specifically the stuff with, you know, Ishii and Suzuki, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean I definitely think Suzuki and Saber are gonna get the win here. No, oh, me too. C- continue the ride momentum of the Suzuki Goon guys. And these are definitely two guys you want uh, looking strong going into the G1.
1: Yeah, this is not really looking like a, a great night for chaos. I yeah. mean, but I, we'd be wrong. I'm wrong
0: a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, we'll see. Um, next up, we got uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kushida against Hangman Page and Marty Skrull.
1: <laughs> this is a match that I didn't even realize was happening. Like literally, I this is the first when you just said it. Like that's the first time I even heard that this match was happening. So uh, that's interesting to me.
0: So I'm going with the Bullet Club team here of um, Hangman Page and Marty Scurll. I feel like they've built up some momentum with Scurll. Um, beating the Legends at uh, Dominion and with Hangman Page's first G1 coming up I have a feeling they're going to want to make him um, look strong going into the G1 climax so I'm going bullet club here.
1: Yeah and you know that kind of makes sense and I've said it before that Tanahashi is the king of you know losing tag matches where he's protected and his his partner takes the fall and that could definitely happen. You know, I'm sure you're not implying that Tanahashi's jobbing on this night. Oh, no. Obviously. Right. But um I'm going to go with Tanahashi and Kushida just cuz G1's around the corner. You could try to make Hangman look strong here, but I think the story will be mo- mostly about Tanahashi and Hangman and I think Tanahashi's going to pick up the win. If he picks up the win over Marty, LOL Junior It's New Japan Right Uh, Also I could see Hangman taking that loss Easily as
0: well So You know I'm gonna go with Taguchi Japan And a side note uh, Tanahashi and Hangman Page They wrestled on the Ring of Honor UK tour That happened a couple weeks ago Um, It was a pretty good match. It's up on uh, New Japan World in the English content uh, section. Check that match out. Uh, Tanahashi beat uh, Hangman Page.
1: I was going to say who won that match. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: When was that? That's when I was at the gym? Yeah, when you were getting your pump on. I was in there clinging and banging, baby. Uh, So next up, we have the never openweight champion. I was actually just struggling. <laughs> oh man, don't 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 uh, put yourself out there, man. <laughs> uh, so, never open weight champion Hiroki Ooh, Goto defending against Jeff Cobb. Yes, this is going to be a strong style match right here. Uh, who who you got?
1: You know, um, I'm going to go with Goto. He just got the title back, and if he were to lose it here, not only the fact that Jeff Cobb isn't signed actively, but also the fact that like that would kinda hotshot the title around and I'm not a big fan of that. But that being said, I still
0: am perplexed why they even put the title back on Godo. Yeah, I don't understand that. He should have just won at Dominion.
1: Yeah, if that's what they were gonna do. But um you know, I don't know. So that's that's what they decided to do. Um, I'm not really looking forward to the to the outcome of the match so much. Um, I'm hoping Goto does lose the title in the near future to somebody that maybe does a better job carrying it because this hasn't been a great year run for him. But with that being said, I am looking forward to the fireworks in this match. I think it's going to be a really, 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 really good match. Um, Jeff Cobb is a guy that I think Goto will like to hang in there with, and he usually will work up to the level of the guys he's uh, wrestling as opposed to the opposite way. Um, Although I will say this I don't know Like have you seen A lot of Jeff Cobb Single stuff Yeah He's not a guy That like He's very impressive But he's not someone Who's like When I watch his matches Where I'm like Blown away Like he does cool stuff Yeah And he's a great talent But I'm never like Jeff Cobb That Jeff Cobb match Was a classic Yeah Kind of like He kind of reminds me Like he's like The strong style Like uh, Flip Gordon (laughs) <laughs> like like two guys who like are both Do cool stuff Very impressive They do great stuff I like I'm fans of their work But ultimately It's not like I see them as Main
0: event level Like talent Right um, But I agree with you I'm going with Goto here um, Jeff Cobb Is not signed Full time with New Japan And I just don't see Them putting the Never title on somebody Like Jeff, like Jeff Cobb Right now Jeff Cobb's cool I like Jeff Cobb Better in tag teams here. I
1: think I think his talents are more lended there. Um, what, what do you think about him as Matanza? I loved Matanza Cueto, but that's an edited television show that they cut up and all sorts of stuff, you know. Plus, like I feel like he's way more interesting as Matanza Cueto, personally speaking, because there's a backstory, there's you know a whole storyline. Like Jeff Cobb comes in, he's just cool yeah you know he's Jeff Cobb he's cool like, a he's a bro he's he's a bro like there's not much going like what's his motivation like why does he want to be the never champion like what because he beat up Elgin like the dude who was talking crap about you like earlier this year like I don't understand it but yeah I mean I, I hope Jeff Cobb gets better. I think he's got a lot of upside and a lot of talent and you know this match will be good.
0: Uh, next up, we have the IWGP Tag Team Champions the Young Bucks defending against the LIJ Team of Evil and Sonata. Who you got here, young boy?
1: If it's anything like the match they had at Dominion, then this is going to be fantastic. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if it will be. It's, you know, fifth on the card. Um, you know, I'm going to take the Young Bucks... But wouldn't that be, like, the most New Japan thing ever if they, like...
0: Lost. If they put the belts right back on L.I.J.? Yeah. Um, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if Evil and Sonata got the belts back, but...
1: Me either. I mean, the Young Bucks couldn't even beat the Briscoes the other night,
0: so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but being a young bucks mark, I feel like there's a lot of momentum behind these guys right now, especially going into all in. Um, so I'm going with young bucks also.
1: Yeah, the young bucks have had a great year, but as far as booking in New Japan, it's been kind of, kind of, kind of interesting. A lot of times when I think they're gonna win, they don't. A lot of times, when I think they are going to win, they do. So it it'll be interesting. I hope that they do retain. I I'm am just I've never been a big fan of like the hot-shotting titles.
0: Right, me either. I like I like good lengthy
1: title runs. Plus, Evil and Sonata like had a lengthy title run, and they only defended it twice. You know, and the second time was when they lost it. So yeah, um, yeah. I hope the Bucks hold on to the belts here, and I I think this will be a, a good match.
0: Next up, we have Kazuchika Okada teaming up with Will Osprey to take on Tetsuya Naito and Bushi. Oof. <laughs> to me, this, this has, is a tough call. To me, this has Bushi taking the pinfall right all over it.
1: Yeah, that makes the most sense. Um, Okada and Naito are two guys who both have recently lost their belts. They're they have a lot of history. Um, you know, also Osprey has lost his belt recently as well. So and Bushi is the guy that beat him um, during the
0: Best Super Junior. Best Super
1: Junior. So a lot of interweaving storylines here. Uh, you know, three three former champions who are looking for redemption. Um, that's why I feel like it's kind of a crossroads match. If you think of it in that context, a little tough for me to call. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Chaos. And I feel like, yeah, Bushi taking the pinfall makes the most sense to me as or, well.
0: Or the submission to the billion yen dream.
1: Yeah. They really need to change the name. They need to change that move. They need to name that move the billion yen dream.
0: Come on, ghetto. I know you're listening.
1: If we would have got to talk to, to Rocky, I would have definitely pitched that idea. I yeah. feel like we, like we could make some money off of it. We copyright the name, sell it to them.
0: <laughs> make some cash. Yeah. Get some yen off the deal.
1: But uh yeah, this this will probably be like pretty good. I'm again, I don't really like Bushy. Yeah. Like yeah. like it's becoming more and more apparent. Like I'm just I'm not a fan of Bushy. Yeah. Um there are people on the internet that love Bushy, but I love his his mask and his suits. I just don't think he's that good of a wrestler. Yeah. Period. But with that being said, uh he has his place and he has his role and uh yeah, I think Okada's going to choke him out probably.
0: Yeah. Next up, we have the IWGP Junior Ugh. heavyweight champion, Hiromu Takahashi, defending against Dragon Lee.
1: Yeah, so they these two guys have wrestled once for this title in the past, last year. Um, but this feels like, um, I don't know, just like with the recent match that they just had at the best of Super Juniors, the run that Hiromu's been on, plus all the history, and you know them doing it on a big, big show like this. This feels like the biggest match that they've ever had. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm expecting them to pull out all the stops. Uh, you know, if you notice, Hiromu's like uh, third down from the top, underneath Jay White and Juice, and I feel like him and Dragon Lee have a
0: have a point to prove. Oh yeah. Uh, I I don't know who I'm taking. I'm I mean I'm gonna take Hiromu. Yeah, I'm taking Hiromu just because they're doing... I feel like they're doing a redemption story similar to what they did with Osprey. Like, Hiromu's gotten the belt. He's starting to beat all these people that beat him. So, first of all, he beat Osprey and then... um, Desperado. He he beat Desperado. So, um, Dragon Lee's another guy that he
1: loses to a lot. Dragon Lee is a guy who, more often than not, has his number, although he did beat, he beat Dragon Lee last year when he defended the belt, but then he lost at the G1, or at the, uh... Best of the
0: Super Juniors. Best of the Super
1: Juniors two years in a row now, so, yeah. These guys just, they put on fantastic matches, like, um, I think that this has
0: Match of the Night written all over it. Oh, yeah, dude, these guys are gonna kill each other, like... Uh, I just, I pray that they leave this match safely.
1: You know, looking at this, this card is great. This card's great. It's a little more spread out than, say, Dominion. But if you're being objective, like, this is one of the best cards that New Japan has put on it. It doesn't have the, the sexiness to it. Like, that, that whole cachet appeal of, like, you know, a, a Dominion or, um, like, a, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. But quality-wise, this has all the potential in the world. This match looks great. I mean, this card looks great and yeah I'm gonna go with Hiromu but um if Dragon Lee beat him I wouldn't be that surprised hmm. with the the continuity of like storytelling from outside companies things like that plus like the IWGP junior title is one that they've put on international stars many times in the past you know so they're, they're more like liable to do that with this belt than say like the, the heavyweight belt um you know, they could put on Dragon Lee and have him turn around and drop it. Yeah. I mean, G one's coming up. There's not gonna be that many title defenses in the meantime anyways, till you know, for a while. Kinda like what they did with uh uh with Chris Jericho. Yeah. But I am gonna go with hiromu Alright. That's what I'm that and I think that this will most likely be match of the
0: night. Oh, I'm mean, yeah. I'm very excited for it. Um Next up, the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match, Jay White defending against Juice Robinson. Who you got? Juice. 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 Juice.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Juice Robinson for the big uh, title change on this card. Alright.
0: I don't know why, but I just have this bad feeling in my stomach, and I feel like jay white's winning this match i don't want him to win this match i want juice to win and get the u.s title but something tells me that um, jay white's gonna prevail here and you know use that momentum for his match against okada in the g1 yeah
1: i mean that could probably be true but i'm also like I, i don't know we're in the u.s it's the united states title Jay White's been holding, holding this belt since, what, February? Yeah. It's a long time. juice got a lot of momentum. I feel like it's time. We're in, it's the right uh, card. Yes,
0: I, I, I think it's the right time, the right card. But in the past, we've said that several times with Juice Robinson, it's the right time, and they have yet to pull the trigger. Oh, they're doing it. They're shooting, baby. Well, I, I hope so. I want them to, but I don't know. I just have this bad feeling that Jay White's going to win.
1: Yeah, I think Jay White, Juice Robinson is going to be really good. I see a Pulp Friction, one, two, three,
0: new champion. I hope so. I hope you're right. This is is one time where I want to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then we got our main event, the IWGP heavyweight champion, Kenny Omega, defending against the American Nightmare, Cody. And we got the continuation of this Bullet Club feud. Um, This seems like this is going to be the blow off Um, The winner here Is not going to only be the IWGP champion but they're going to be The rightful leader of the Bullet Club Apparently Apparently, yeah. So um,
1: Yeah I mean This is a match where like I'm going to go with Yeah I'm going to go with Kenny Omega Because that's what's probably going to happen Right I mean, I couldn't seem losing. Yeah, it I couldn't seem losing the IWGP title to,
0: to Cody Rhodes right before the G One. Yeah, I can't see that, especially with Cody not even being in the G One. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going Omega here.
1: Although last year I had a theory that Okada, as crazy as it sounds at the time, my theory was that Okada was going to lose the title to Cody right after right after Dominion, where Cody tried to screw like Kenny. Yeah. And then he wins the belt. And then he can carry it into like uh, King of Pro Wrestling and like lose it basically after that. If that made sense, yeah. So I mean, you could do that. I mean, how crazy would that be, dude? That would be very crazy. Like Cody, Cody wins the belt. The champion's not in the G1, so you don't have to worry about like Cody, like headlining with the belt. All you have to do is just wait till King of Pro Wrestling
0: and beat him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I don't think that's likely though. Yeah, I think Omega's going into this thing with the title, going to the G one climax with the title. Um, Yeah, I can't. I can't see him. I can't see Cody pulling out the win here.
1: I hope. My like, my hope
0: here is that whatever it is, like they
1: kind of wrap up this storyline that's been going on for you know what is it six seven months now. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what they've had in mind as far as booking and, and their thoughts and stuff, but I hope that this match is good. I hope it's better than the Cody and Kenny match from... Uh, um,
0: super, <clears throat> super Card of Honor.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping it's better than that, and I'm uh, I'm excited, you know? I'm excited. I, I want to see them wrestle again. Um, I don't know what to expect, but I think Kenny's retaining his belt
0: uh, in the U.S., and I think it's going to be a success. Yeah, so from top to bottom, this should be a very great show I'm looking forward to watching it on Saturday And uh, UFC's that night too yeah I'm excited man UFC
1: looks really good that night so this this, this is gonna be a really 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 good night for
0: entertaining entertainment, entertainment <laughs> wrestling whatever yeah and let's jump into the news and since we just got done talking about um, this show let's talk about some of the news that are revolving around this show or did you have something else what news around this show but the tickets, oh, and uh, gotcha. the length of the show. Well, the you, mari-
1: you didn't want to talk about the uh, the wrestler of the month and the match of the
0: month? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to do that, too. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. June's over. Yeah, June is over. We're halfway um, through the year. Yeah, we're halfway through the year. It's time to name the wrestler of the month uh, for June uh, and the match of the month. Uh, the match of the month was uh no-brainer. Um, Okada vs Omega The 7 star match Is the June match Of the month Uh, I don't think there's any match that you could Say that came close to how great That match was
1: Yeah absolutely I agree uh, that's that's all I got to say.
0: <laughs> we we've talked about it in depth, obviously. Yeah, I and, mean, uh, it's one of those things we always ask each other, like, what, "What what do you think is the match of the month?" And like, we didn't even have to really ask each other; it was just one of those things. Like, we're we're doing Omega Okada, right? Like, obviously. Yeah. But where we did have trouble was naming the wrestler of the month for June, um, and it kind of came down um, between three people. Um, Hiromu Takahashi, Kazuka Okada, and Kenny Omega. And I, th- and I think the thinking here is you know, Kenny and Okada they just had this epic seven star match, it was amazing. They, like,
1: they put on basically what many people are calling the greatest match in the history of the sport, you know, so yeah. that's that's a, a accomplishment you can't really overlook.
0: Um But then you got to look at Hiromu Takahashi. This guy has worked a lot of dates this month and has picked up some big victories. For
1: me, for me, I'm just going to cut it short. It's real simple. I have to go Hiromu Takahashi for the wrestler of the month. Um, That might seem a little bit shocking. And I was torn about it for a while thinking, you know, I was probably leaning towards Kenny just because Kenny finally accomplished his goal of winning the IWGP title and you know beating Okada Uh, we talked to Rich about this and he's like well you can go Kenny because he he had three matches (laughs) yeah yeah
0: We had a little debate in the on the road trip there about this. Uh, James Boy was leading on the uh Hiromu, the side. Hiromu side, yeah. And yeah, I'm definitely Hiromu I mean think about it, man. He wrestled he had a, a match with Kushida it was awesome. He had a match the finals against Ishimori. He won the best of the Super Juniors. Um, that Ishimori match was rated right five and a half. Then he um, had the match with Osprey at Dominion. Then he had the match with Desperado. Yep, um, which is a guy that he
1: never beat in a singles match before. Tons of history between them. Successfully defends the IWGP uh, Junior title. Um, he also had that match on television with uh, Lij taking on the Super Strong Machines. Tons yeah. of fun. And
0: then he, obviously we saw him this weekend here in Daytona. Yeah. And this guy has been traveling all over the place, and
1: based based on the fact that he had, you know, four matches that are all above four stars. Actually, if you want to count that tag team match, about five matches above four stars, you know. Um, but not even just that, but like from a kayfabe perspective, he won the best of super juniors. He won the junior title. He defeated three of the guys that he's had tons of trouble putting away in the past and then is still having continued success like I don't think you can really go with anybody else other than him plus he he stopped the freight train that is Ishimori. yeah yeah so I mean you, I think I think if you're being objective and you're just being an honest fan you have to go through takashi there's that's the that's the right answer yeah and that's two months in a row. that's May
0: and June, June. so shout out to so this Takashi. he's been killing it like ever since the best super Junior yeah. started. All right now the time for jumping the news. Yeah. So
1: um, you had some uh, notes about the Cow Palace and what was going on with this show.
0: Yeah. So this is coming um, from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Check those guys out. Uh, But so the Cow Palace show, it's listed for uh, four and a half hours live on access after the eight hour Bullet Club marathon that starts at noon. um, That. Well, wraps around wraps around by the young bucks and Cody. Um, there hasn't been been a big movement in ticket sales on the secondary market. Um, and about this point, there's a little over five thousand tickets sold at this point.
1: Well, that was like earlier in the month. Um, when 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 was this?
0: Is from last week's Observer. That's what
1: Observer was saying. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know how accurate that is necessarily because. Um, when I went to go look on the website, there's about 2,500 tickets still for sale. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if there's like – I know earlier in the month we talked about how there was a uh, some seats that were just
0: reserved. <clears throat> for the New Japan Club?
1: Yeah, and they might not be on sale. So I don't know if that's factoring into it or not. Right. But I mean if you did do the simple math that you take 2,500 away from the 10K that they're supposed to be running – that leaves you with about seventy five hundred occupied seats. Right. I don't think they're holding off, you know, that many. So I would assume that there's there's somewhere in between five and seven basically based on what
0: what they have available on the website. Right. But uh, they say however almost all the tickets that have been sold are the most expensive. So it's likely already gonna be the largest gate in the history of the building.
1: Yeah, I think it's even with them not selling out, this is going to be a success financially for New Japan, which is great news. Um, you know, and the fact that they've sold out most of the expensive seats means that when you watch on television, like the seats that are close front and center, those are the ones that are going to be prominently seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, one of the readers of the Observer who regularly goes to Japantown in San Francisco said there's been no advertising or publicity anywhere except for one poster at a supermarket which lists no matches and only four names Okada, Omega, Tanahashi and Naito they've seen nothing anywhere yeah. there's no local awareness of the event from anyone outside the hardcore wrestling fan base yeah so I don't
1: know um, It doesn't. it's not going to sell out Like, that's probably what we're
0: looking at. Yeah, but it's still going to be a good crowd. I think on TV, it's going to look um, pretty full.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about lessons that we learned from the CEO show. I think there's a lot of lessons that they've learned from the marketing of this show, what to do for the future, what not to do. Hopefully, they take heed of that because if they continue the the way that they've been going with this, uh, you know with this with the marketing and things like that like it it's not going to work out for them to expand
0: into this country it's just, it's yeah. just not and I, and I honestly I I don't think they should come back to the US this year but it sounds like they are yeah a- so a- they to uh Will Osprey
1: yeah so uh Will Osprey was doing an interview earlier this week and he talked about how he wouldn't be able to work a show in the UK I think it was for Repro, Pro uh, because he's going uh, to Progress or Progress because there's going to be a New Japan show in Los Angeles on September 30th uh, this has not been confirmed or announced by New Japan but um, man if I was New Japan and Will Osprey is out there breaking the news about a show that I was running in September like this
0: ooh I, I would not be happy yeah.
1: Also, I don't know if I'd be running, if I was New Japan, I don't know if I'd be running a show in L.A. in September.
0: Yeah, it just, it feels fast to be coming back to California, and this is going to be less than a month after All In, and you're going to have some New Japan guys traveling on that show as well. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before, that, you know,
1: this is a company that's uh, relying on flying, um, you know, fans for their shows. And then, you know, we turn around, and they're running a show in September, right, you know, a month Excuse me, less than a month after uh, All In. It doesn't seem to be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know. Um, Axis is going to be running a marathon, though, um, you know, for, for like the from the day before all the way up until, um, you know, the actual uh, G1 special in San Francisco starts. So that's going to be cool if you're a, if you have Access television, you know, you'll get your uh, New Japan fix. And any other news on the show? No, that, that's wrapped up with all the stuff I had. Okay. Um, so, other show news this past weekend, Ring of Honor Best in the World occurred. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll just kind of run through the results. So, the Kingdom defeated uh, Evil Bushi and Sonata for this, uh, they defended their six man tag team titles. Uh, you know, decent match. We watched this show. Uh it was all right. Flip Gordon and Bully Ray, they did their thing. Flip Gordon won via DQ. They did a whole Schmas, you know, angle afterwards. Looks like they're running into a Bully Ray and Colt Cabana feud following out of that. Yeah. Um they ran a eight-man tag or eight-woman tag match with uh, Sumi Sakai, Jenny Rose, my Iwatani, and Tanil Dashwood taking on Kelly Klein, Hazuki kaguts Hazuki, uh, Kagatsu, and Hannah Kimura—they um, kind of teased the whole deal with having like the Women of Honor champion going and up the, against the, the Stardom champion. Yeah, the World of Stardom. So that was interesting. Uh, the faces won in this case. So um, cool match there. Um, Austin Aries defeated Kenny King in a you know match that they've been building to for a while. There's no titles on the line there. Uh, Jay Lethal and Kushida Was very good
0: Yes, this is a very, I really enjoyed this Jay Lethal Kushida match and they've been on this uh, Jay Lethal Redemption tour Where he's been beating everybody That has beaten him in the past And Kushida was like the last guy He needed to beat to um, get a contention for a ring of honor title shot.
1: Yes, they've kind of been quietly just, like, raising Jay Lethal up the ranks, not really acknowledging it too much on television, but that's what they've been doing pay-per-view after Um, pay-per-view. After that, they did Punishment Martinez and Adam Page. This match was a Baltimore street fight for the television title. Punishment Martinez ended up retaining. This was a very violent match.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I had thumb th- thumbtacks, tables, a lot of crazy uh, spots and bumps. That choke slam that uh, Punishment did to Hangman Page on the outside. He was trying to choke slam him onto like the railing, but he just, like hit the concrete pretty much. Yeah, it was that's crazy. Yeah. Um, The Briscoes ended up taking on the Young Bucks to
1: defend their Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. The uh, IWGP heavyweight tag titles were not on the line here. Uh, This was, by most reports, the match of the night. Uh, A great, great, great tag team uh, competition between these two teams.
0: And the Briscoes ended up retaining. Yeah, with the... uh I think it's a redneck boogie. Redneck boogie, they call it. It's like a uh, avalanche splash neckbreaker combo thing off the top rope. Yeah. So great match. These guys always
1: put on, you know, great matches with one another. And then in the main event, it was the uh, three way match between uh, Cody, Ro- Cody, <laughs> Cody, and uh, Marty. Scrull, Marty, Skrull and, and, yeah. and Dalton Castle, who's the champion. Um, and man, Dalton came out, and he's just. So banged up. And um, this was a match where, like, they'd been building to it for a while, and it it seemed like the whole idea of this match was supposed to be essentially that it seemed like it was set for Cody to win the world title.
0: Yeah, it did. I mean, like you mentioned, Marty was so banged—I mean, not Marty, um, Dalton, Dalton, so banged up. And, I mean, he just really couldn't do much in this match. I mean— the best thing about Dalton Castle is his power moves and his throws, and he couldn't really do any of that. Yeah, he he did very little in this match, um, and so you would think that they would put the belt on either Cody or Marty, but however, they ended up keeping the title on Dalton Castle.
1: Yeah, and so this was that was something where like. With the booking of All In and them kind of teasing that essentially that uh, Cody needed to win the belt in order to get his shot at the uh, NWA belt at all in that was something that was alluded to and that kind of made you think like well it's a foregone conclusion dalton castle's hurt cody's the biggest star you know he needs it for all in right. made a lot of sense for them to do that i suppose now it's kind of like well i don't know where they're going with the booking as far as that's concerned right. and well, then it was made even
0: more complicated by then the next night yeah um they're in fairfax and they're doing their tv tapings and then all of a sudden on social media on Twitter, Ring of Honor is like, you know, tune into Honor Club tonight. We're going to be airing a uh, four corner survival world title match with Dalton defending against Jay Lethal, Cody, uh, and Matt Taven. Um, and lo and behold, Jay Lethal um, pins Dalton Castle in this 4 corner survival and becomes the new champion.
1: Yeah, very, 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 very strange booking. Um, I don't know. Uh, Ring of Honor's kind of had a tough year, as it is, um, and this was another... This is another decision that just kind of left me scratching my head. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Jay Lethal. I have been for a while, and I think if there was someone that needed to take the belt um, off of Dalton, he's a great candidate, and I think he's the right guy to go with, but the way they did this just... Made me think like this is not good booking, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you you have Jay Lethal going on this redemption tale. You're basically, you know, making it a key part of each pay per view, and then you have him win the belt with it's not a singles match, it's a multi man match. So I mean, it leaves some doubt to, you know, the claim of him being the champion to begin with, and you do it on a basically what would account, what would, it basically amount to like being like a house show. That just happens to be televised.
0: Yeah. Um, and I guess, I mean, the one thing that could be said to defend this booking on the house, on the TV tapings and airing in an honor club, it's kind of a way to get people to sign up for honor club and give up like, something to the mem- honor club members and like hey give them that idea of like anything could happen on a tv taping on a house show on a pay-per-view so you want to be subscribed on Honor club and watch all of our shows you never know when going so to this, gonna this change is man. actually a
1: television ta- uh, a television Tape. taping yeah so it's going to air on ring of honor tv yeah that kind of makes a little bit more sense. It does feel like it's one of those WWF mid '90s like title changes where it's like anything can happen, anything can happen to the War Wrestling. Federation. <laughs> it just seems like you're leaving money on the table. It didn't seem the right way to do this. Um, I don't know. Like for me, like it doesn't make me want to tune into to Ring of Honor it makes me be like you guys didn't handle this well why would I watch your television? Yeah. Why would I watch your your uh, Honor Club because this isn't compelling the way that yeah. you did this This seems like this is C-League this is smodgepodge, you know yeah. you just you threw it together um, I'm not a big fan of it and I don't think it's the way to handle a guy like Jay Lethal who seemed lost without the title which I've been like how 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 do you guys mishandle Jay Lethal? He's one of the most talented guys you have in your company. You finally put the, the belt back on him. This is not the way you do it. This should have been. It doesn't get him over.
0: This should have been a pay per view main event when
1: he finally won the belt back. Yeah, and and they should have done it in a way where like if they're gonna do it, it should be a featured match that people want to pay to see that draws money. Yeah. I mean it's 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 not rocket science. Like I I understand like booking could be difficult, but you know mm-hmm. I don't know you don't you don't just
0: throw it on the guy like the night after the pay-per-view right and something I mentioned to you yesterday I think to go along with Ring of Honor's booking I think you know a lot of their thing like their shows the Young Bucks have the best match um, every card they're on even TV tapings pay-per-views house shows the Young Bucks have the best matches of the night and they're rarely in the main event of Ring of Honor shows I'm like, there's no match that's topping them. Like, they should be the world tag champs in the main event, like main eventing shows until you can get a world champion that could have a high level tag uh, title match as Young Bucks.
1: Yeah, so I think what you're saying is if they're your top stars, they're drawing the most money, the most, you know, doing the most business, why don't you highlight them as your top guys? (coughs) Yeah, at the top of the card, which I mean that makes sense. I think it is tough in America. There's not, there haven't been too many companies where like, the tag team titles headline. You know, that was kind of like a Georgia sort of thing, right? At, at one point, but I mean, why not? Why not go with the the bucks at the top of the card?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that would make that would do even more business for them. But hey, I'm not delirious. <laughs> I don't have the book. So, um, I think that will bring us
1: to the news. Yep. So, a couple different things. So, uh, earlier this week, the WWE Twitter officially followed both the Young Bucks Twitters, which is kind of a... You know, there's been a lot of speculation about, you know, what's gonna happen once their uh, contracts are up, and I think that kind of tells you exactly where WWE stands on the on the whole thing. Oh yeah. So very interesting there. Also, WWE was in uh, New Japan this past week. Couple things with that. So uh Makabe tweeted out earlier this week that uh both members of the club, which would be uh Luke uh, Gallows
0: and Carly Anderson. Carl
1: Anderson as well as um Tyson Kidd they made a visit to the to the dojo so you know, two former guys from New Japan, and you know everyone knows Tyson Kidd. That was really cool. They got to kind of like check out the dojo, see what was going on there, and meet up with Makabe. Um, Also, I saw uh, photos of um, Alma's kind of paying tribute to Lij.
0: Yeah, doing the uh, Tranquilo, him and uh, Zelina Vega to the Tranquilo pose. He yeah. also hit Popped the crowd. Hit the uh, Destino. I believe it was on uh, Ty Dillinger he was going against. I don't know who he did it to, but I saw
1: him yeah. hit the Destino. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, aside from that, also, AJ was on the, on the card wrestling and he got to break out the mask that he used to wear in Japan, which I guess he did that when they're on tour last year. So real cool. Um, one notable glaring omission was, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and the reason that he was un- he was on the tour, but he was unable to compete. And it was because he got bit by a police dog earlier this week.
0: Yeah. So the SmackDown, uh, tapings, they have like a bomb dog. Coming around the building, you know sniffing around checking for bombs and other stuff and Nakamura was just there chilling the dog bit Nakamura in the leg and it was uh, serious enough that he had to get hospitalized and they had to um, cancel the match with Jeff Hardy um, On Smackdown ended up being Jeff Hardy and Eric Young Um, And then yeah, so he hasn't been cleared to wrestle since then yeah, and so he came out and did promos on these shows and apologized for not being able to wrestle. I did see that him and Tanahashi got to meet up in Taiwan yeah, earlier this week. Yeah, yeah, So that was cool.
1: But um, you know, uh, WWE was doing a tour of New Japan or <laughs> doing a tour of Japan. So that's you mm. know, that's interesting. Um, in other news, so the Fire Pro Wrestling uh cover was uh you know basically released this past week and it's it has uh. Okada, Omega, Tanahashi, and Naito right on the cover—the big four. Mm-hmm. Real cool. Um, I think I definitely need to get this game when it comes out.
0: And also, there was a great um, commercial that they showed during the CEO show. Oh yeah, for, that, for the game with Kenny. Yeah, Kenny is like playing against um, Kenny's playing the game. He's playing as himself against Toroyanu, and um, he's getting like beat up in the game, and he like tags him. Koto Ibushi, and it turned into like a tag match. It's a, it's a funny commercial. I think it's good stuff. I think it's on YouTube now.
1: Yeah, uh, Cody, or I'm sorry, Kenny was talking a, quite a bit this uh, like past couple weeks about doing more like commercials and things like that. So, you know, good for him that he got to do that. Um, also, speaking of Shinsuke Nakamura, he also did a uh, interview with Wrestle Inc earlier this uh, week. And he kind of revealed some of the information about why he left New Japan to go to WWE. And he said, In Japan, I thought I accomplished everything, so I wanted to try other things. And, you know, in 2015, he thought to himself, What should I do next? And at the time, uh, his friends who were working in WWE called him and said, you know, it's probably time to challenge himself, see what's next. So he decided to join them. And he said that he literally did not know hardly anything about WWE history before he went to the company. He knew that, like, Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan had wrestled there because they're from Japan. Yeah. (laughs) But that was about it. He said he'd, like, never seen WWE. Um, You know, you had to basically have a lot of money to go, like, watch videos of them in Japan, and he didn't do that. So he didn't know anything about WWE. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, he, he also said he didn't do any research about them before he signed because he wanted to feel the element of surprise regarding how the company was once he got there. Oh, well, he,
0: he got a surprise, <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> he did say yeah. that since joining WWE, he stated yeah. that... Uh, he's been surprised at what he witnessed mainly because he's used to the style of new Japan and the indies and doing a lot of dangerous moves. And he says, instead WWE just tries very hard to keep things simple and it's much different than any other company in the world. Um, it's different. All right. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, if you get a chance, you definitely want to check out that interview with Nakamura, real eye-opening stuff. I hope he comes back to Japan, but we'll see. Um, Getting into the New Japan News side of things, so uh, if you didn't notice, Kenny has officially dyed his hair back to the classic black and gray, as opposed to the bite, like bright baby face, like blonde. Mm-hmm. Turns out, from uh, reports, the only reason he was blonde like that was to uh, to do the Cody Street Fighter Street commercial. Fighter
0: commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and speaking of that, I actually watched the uh, the full video from the E3 battle between New Day and the Elite. Mm. It's very entertaining. You guys can check that out. It's up on YouTube. Nice.
1: Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling released a mobile uh, beta version. I, I think they have taken it down now, so if you missed out on it, you won't get to play it, but they released a beta version of their upcoming mobile title called King of Pro Wrestling, and a lot of people seem to really enjoy it, and it's supposed to be getting released later this year. So, yeah, if you have a mobile, you know, Obviously, you probably have a phone, but, you know, iOS, Android, you'll you'll be able to get to play New Japan on your phone coming up this uh, following year, which is really cool.
0: Another distraction at work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Omega also, I think we talked about the Q&A he did with Fansighted last week when he made the comments. Yeah. Um, Earlier this week, um, Will Ospreay uh, released his, um, he started his own wrestling promotion. It's called Frontline Wrestling. Um, the tagline of his wrestling promotion is called British Pur Rezu. And so it's supposed to be like a British take on, uh, I guess, Strong Style. Yeah. Um, and he owns and operates this promotion. And he, on the card that they debuted this past week, he had Kino from uh, Noah fame uh, as the headliner, which is very interesting. So, you know, if you want. Check that out. Frontline Wrestling, owned by Will Ospreay. He's a real cool guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chris Jericho was also on Xbox Mm. Podcast
0: earlier this week. Uh, I heard a lot of good things about that. Yeah, I I, I did catch that interview. Also on the episode, Rocky Romero was also on the episode, too. What did they talk about? So, um, with Rocky, they were just kind of talking about, like... um, Punky 3K and whether he's kind of like semi-retired. It's kind of his role right now. And then Jericho came on and they were talking about um, just kind of like his, what he's doing right now and like this whole thing of, you know, being the intercontinental champion and working in New Japan and working against Naito and just he wanted to make sure that his match was like different than anything else on the card. You know, people said that he wouldn't be able to top um, Omega and Okada in a wrestling match and he's like alright I'm not gonna have a wrestling match like I'm gonna have this wild crazy brawl yep yep that's brilliant so yeah that's good stuff that's on the X-Pac 1, 2 3 podcast um, Adam Cole was also interviewed earlier this week talking about the Young
1: Bucks whether they'd be coming to WWE and also like you know what's his take on their uh, you know success outside and that sort of thing so uh, definitely want to check that out. I think it's amazing that the ghost of Adam Cole has been able to be so <laughs> successful. <laughs> um, Kenny Omega was also on the Ross report earlier this week. I don't I didn't get a chance
0: I to I didn't catch, catch that. that. Jim Jr's podcast has kind of fell off my rotation. Maybe it might need to come back on the rotation with Kenny Omega on it though. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, uh, Suzuki had some statements earlier this week uh, talking about you know his 30 year anniversary, and it sounds like like he's ready for an
0: IWGP title run. Yeah, let me see. I had some. So yeah, this was at the the Pirate Festival. Um, so you know after the draw with Okada. Suzuki grabbed the mic and he, uh, he told the young kids in the front row, it doesn't matter that I was close or that I did my best. I didn't win. When you go out into the real world, you have to win and keep winning. The world isn't going to give you a break. And then he officially pushed for an IWGP title run. He said, all you dispir- dispirited middle-aged guys, I just turned 50 and a 30-year-old who's the best couldn't beat me today. Nobody can. The IWGP title? I've already booked my time and place.
1: Wow. So, yeah, it looks like Suzuki's ready for a title run, which I'm all for that. Um, beyond that as well, um, there's kind of interesting news. So uh, we talked about the fact that Hideo Itami would be wrestling for Noah uh, later in the year. And it looks like he is going to actually, it's confirmed now he's going to be wrestling uh, Marufuji. Right, the anniversary show of, for, uh, for Fuji, right? Yeah, so now Michi Marafuji and Hideo Itami. You know, those guys have a ton, ton of history. They used to be tag team partners. So um, I'm assuming that match would probably be great. So, you know, want to ch- definitely check that out. Uh, Cody Rhodes actually had uh, comments earlier this week about the match with Omega. Uh, that's coming up with the G1 special. And, you know, the main takeaway that I, I took was that he said that um, people are going to be stunned at how good this match is basically. Well, I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. <laughs> got, got some big boots to fill, Cody. Dave Meltzer was uh, recently questioned about Matt Riddle and why, you know, mm-hmm. what's the deal with him not coming to WWE in New Japan? And he said it basically has to do with the weed, essentially. Yeah. And he said, you know, um, on the the New Japan side of things, if he wasn't doing if he wasn't smoking weed and it wasn't like a public thing like, he'd probably be, like, the, the number two or number three Gaijin in the company right now. Yeah. So, uh, that's something I hope we see in the future.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Riddle is so talented. He definitely deserves for his skills to be uh, displayed on the bigger stage.
1: Um, some other indie stuff. So, Joey Janela, who we we went to his um, spring break show over WrestleMania weekend. He's running another show later this year called Joey Janela Lost in New York, brought by Game Changing Wrestling. And he will be wrestling... They announced uh, earlier this week... He's wrestling Hakushi. Yeah. Jinzei Shinzaki. So, I mean, this is a former... This is a guy who's been all over the Japanese indies. He's wrestled in New Japan before. And, um, you know, obviously WWF fame. And, I mean, this is a match that I really want to see.
0: Yeah, and I mean the video, the hype video they did with it was incredible, like you brought it to our attention, yeah, it and awesome. Joey Janelle is a guy just so creative with his uh, marketing and advertising for these shows he puts on, and bringing in these unique characters, so I'm also really looking forward to uh, this matchup here. Uh,
1: Don Callis did an interview earlier this uh,
0: week talking about
1: Impact, and they asked him about bringing in the elite, specifically Kenny Omega, and he essentially said, you know, there was a time where he didn't think something like that could ever happen, but with the way that the wrestling landscape has been, with Impact and Ring of Honor being on a cruise, working shows together, and all the different like uh, ties that have kind of been you know, forged this past year, he's like, it, it's really something that could happen, hypothetically speaking. He's like, you know, they got Ishimori coming up for Slammiversary. He's like, you know, you always say never say never, but this is something that
0: really could happen, could happen and in the I mean, future. This is something we speculated about earlier on in the year, Yes. I think you speculated a little more than I did. I yeah. kind of thought it was ridiculous
1: sounding, but with the way wrestling's been in 2018, I'm like, that could happen. Yeah. So you never know. What's Kenny Omega doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> I, I literally, in our group threat, uh, I was joking about that though. We've shout out to Caleb. He loves Impact. None of us watch it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what is Kenny Omega doing in the Impact Zone? I was like, no, seriously, what is he doing here? <laughs> You're like two or three levels above this
0: show, Kenny. You're not supposed to be here. What, yeah. are,
1: what are you doing here?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. I would find a way to watch Impact if Kenny <laughs> Omega was on the show. Um, me and Caleb could actually talk about it.
1: The free match of the week is the Golden Lovers taking on Cody and Hangman. I think, what, when was that from? That was from uh, Dantaku? Uh, yeah. We're right? Dontaku. Right. Yeah. Yeah. something like that something like that yeah it's on New Japan World check that out um, also there's the, we talked a few weeks ago about the new merch that's coming out on uh, you know with New Japan um, they actually have a, a partnership going with Hello Kitty and Pac-Man with uh, these different shirts with the Bullet Club as well as other merch like the new uh LIJ shirts that are in, like, the red, white,
0: and blue, which are pretty dope. Like, I'm kind of like, man, I kind of want one of those. Yeah, you go on their uh, site, they have the information. These shirts are going to be also available at the uh, G1 in San Francisco show. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um,
1: The Young Bucks... Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the Young Bucks just recently released, uh, we've talked about their Funko Pops, but their um, Hot Topic exclusive Funko Pops just dropped earlier this past week, as well as a new shirt for Bad Luck Fale. He finally has a shirt in Hot Topic. Oh,
0: nice. So, um, yeah, I've been hearing those uh, Young Bucks Pops have been flying off the shelves. I'm sure they I've have. I've been, been seeing like, everybody on my timeline posting pictures with them. Last couple
1: things here, so uh, the new president of New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, Harold Mai, did an interview this past week and he revealed the numbers like the official numbers for the New Japan World uh, subscriptions, he said, they're officially at a hundred thousand, and of those hundred thousand subscribers, forty thousand of them are outside of New Japan or outside of Japan. Why do I always call
0: it New Japan? It's terrible. Um, the new, the name of the country is now New Japan. Yeah, the name of the country <laughs> is New Japan. Um,
1: and you know, he said that they're using that kind of, uh, you know, analytics and things like that to target. You know, outside of Japan, and you know, uh, figure out new strategies to expand their international, you know, exposure and bring more fans to Japan, you know, to New Japan. So, real interesting stuff. And then uh, the last thing here, we, there's a new episode of Being the Elite that came out today called Memorial. And I just want to say, I think this is one of the funniest episodes. Oh
0: of man, Being the yeah, Elite they've ever done. This episode was hilarious from top to bottom. Like if you're not watching Being the Elite, like you need to, and you really need to watch this episode.
1: Yeah, this episode like had me dying. There was
0: uh, they started off
1: this the show with um, the young bucks uh, in the hotel room with Chris Jericho, and he invited them to become members of the Alpha Club. Right. So they are officially now both Bullet Club and And Alpha Alpha Club
0: Club. and Elite and Golden Golden Elite. Elite. Like these guys have no allegiance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then on Instagram, I saw they made a post about the Alpha Club, and they tagged the Jericho Crews. And so, clearly, on the Jericho cruise, it will be the Alpha Club, Jericho, and, or excuse me, the Bucks of Jericho, or Y2 Jackson. I think, well, I like Y2 Jackson better than the Bucks <laughs> of Jericho. Um, so, I guess there will be some kind of six man on the boat. Yeah. So, probably them in, like, SoCal Uncensored. That, or them against Cody, Skrull,
1: and Hangman. Or they could go against, um, what's it called? The Kingdom. Yeah. So a lot of choices. So yeah, that's that's happening
0: there. There was a lot of funny. What happened on this episode? I'm not even trying to remember. We just watched so, it. It um, got a little bit more of a. Backed a little bit more on like uh, Christopher Daniels was kind of upset that uh, Stephen Amell got out because when we saw last episode he was the one that framed Stephen Amell. Yeah, we, so, haven't, we haven't figured out why yet. Yeah, we don't know why. And then
1: um, essentially they did a memorial for uh, Joey Ryan, and that that is one of the, the funniest oh like my gosh. Clip. Like that bit is hilarious um oh they were doing an anti-drug bit
0: oh yeah like but like the um scu they had like tic tacs yeah and they were, they were like you for- want some of these gimmicks <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they're trying to offer drugs and then cody like came in and stormed in in the middle of their their like bit and he's like why are we doing this bit why are you doing this he's like this bit's over this whole thing's over not the way you want it to be over and then he's like are you guys taking the money He's like, is Kenny Omega taking the money? And so he's like alluding to the idea, are they going to go to WWE, which I thought was He did say
0: that. He was like, yeah. Uh, I've got his line, but he's like, something about your WWE something, something.
1: Oh, yeah. He was talking about taking the WWE money because like yeah. they were flirting with the, the New Day and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought it was very interesting that they like brought that up on the show. Yeah, they censored out WWE. Yeah, so I don't know. That's interesting. And then, um, yeah, they did the stuff with Joey Ryan. And then, then at the end of the show,
0: there was like two teases. Like, cause Hangman did like the speech at the funeral thing. <laughs> it he, was so funny. He left, and then like somebody tapped him on the shoulder, and he was like, "It's Joey Ryan." Like, do you see how
1: hairy the dude's <laughs> arm is? It's clearly Joey Ryan. He's
0: like, "You didn't kill Joey Ryan." I
1: did. And then on the, at the end of the episode, is essentially, um, they're riding in the car, and Nick and Matt start hypothesizing about how you know they never found Joey's body, so maybe he's actually alive. And then Nick has one of his famous visions, which I've missed the visions. I've been wondering yeah. where they've been. They're, now he, and then he was like, I,
0: he's like, what was it? And he's like. Well, I think it was hilarious. Like, he was just sitting there with his sunglasses on, and Matt's like, what's wrong with you? And then Matt pulls the sunglasses off, and you see, like, the eyes, like... (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then um, he said... It had nothing to do with them. It had nothing to do with Joey Ryan. He's like, But something's gonna happen and it's bad. Yeah, like something bad's gonna happen. And then it's like, What are you talking about? So I think I you know what, I think that has to do with G one. Yeah, G one special. G one special. And yeah. There have been people um who've been hypothesizing like that there'll be a split with the Bullet Club and the Golden Elite, which kinda makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I don't know. That's uh but that's gonna do it for the show.
0: Yeah. That's gonna wrap things up for us So thanks again guys for listening To another episode of Keeping It Strong Style Next week we'll be back with a Review of the G1 special in San Francisco Of course we'll keep you updated With all the news that's happening in the world Of New Japan Pro Wrestling Make sure you connect with us on social media On Twitter I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan Our show is at K.I. Strong Style Uh, Follow Social Suplex At Social Suplex On Facebook or Facebook.com Slash Social Suplex Find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group That's Facebook.com Slash Group Slash Wrestling Squared Circle On Reddit I am The Pro Black Guy Josh is Keeping It Strong Style Damn yeah. Make sure you're checking out all the shows On the Social Suplex Podcast Network We have One Nation Radio One Nation Live Hosted by Rich Latta He's also doing a lot of uh, video stuff On his YouTube channel Check out his Alexa Bliss rant It is hilarious um, We have the Rookie and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland They're doing a special Episode this week looking at hardcore Wrestling since the Extreme Rules pay-per-view is coming up in WWE. We have the Outsider's Edge with Rance and Carl We also have our independent wrestling podcast Grown Men Watch This Shit Hosted by uh, Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryant And also be on the lookout for a uh, social suplex radio interview With independent wrestler The Captain Aaron Nova uh, should be dropping that sometime this week. Be on the lookout for that, and don't forget to subscribe to the network and leave us a rating and review. Your rating and review helps us get over. And so, nettel. Next time, goodbye and good night. Bang. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong
1: Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time.